You're listening to the Ricky Long Podcast, where international fitness entrepreneur Ricky Long answers your questions and interviews fitness leaders on training, nutrition, and mindset. Ricky is a fitness industry expert, having been helping people achieve their fitness goals since 2002. We talk everything fitness, business, and group exercise to help you on your fitness journey. Welcome to the Ricky Long Podcast. Wow, that's kind of like a Scottish accent and an American Welcome accent. to the Ricky Long Podcast. <laughs> <laughs> we are. So Lindsay's here to help me do this introduction to the podcast. Uh, it's a coffee with Anthony, coffee with Tommy and coffee with Rachel. Before we do that, I've got to plug my, all my sponsors and things that we're doing. So we'll start off with the sponsors, Pony for Sport, Northern Ireland Sports Retailer of the Year. You've heard this so many times recently, but have you checked out their website for all the really, really cool stuff they are doing for home-based gym equipment. Body core training, lots of our clients in the hub have, well, let's say lots, like seven of them have started doing courses either level two or at level three. So imagine coming out of lockdown with a new qualification. You're doing a certification through this. What is it you're doing? I'm doing um, children's fitness and children's Pilates with Drummond Education. Love that. Love that. That'll surprise a lot of people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so how cool would it be to come out of lockdown with a new qualification? So get on and check out what Bodycore are doing. Um, I need to talk to you. I need to apologize. Um, the last time I mentioned this, I said uh, Patreon when I should have said Patreon, <laughs> which um, I have been pulled about a few times. So if you want to help me do more podcasts, uh, you can check out the Patreon. And what you get in the Patreon is some exclusive content and all money raised from the Patreon helps me buy biscuits. No, what it helps me do is invest it back into podcast content. So what we're doing right now with the podcast, podcast goes out on Friday, which is the coffee podcast, which is this one. And on Monday is the feature podcast, which is the next one. And the last one was Adam Burke. Incidentally, Adam Burke's episode was the first pod, sorry, the fastest podcast I had to reach 100 downloads. So it reached 100 downloads within two hours of it going live, which is just insane. And the last thing we're going to talk about, talk about? Talk about is the hub. Talk about the hub. Yeah, so our hub, the Jump 4.2 hub, um, which is really supporting and helping us and a lot of, of our members through this COVID period. Um, it's a community, it's an online platform, it is many things in one, but most importantly, it's a place of support for your fitness business, for your group fitness kicks whether you are a group fitness instructor, a personal trainer, a fitness professional, someone who attends classes because you love them and because you want to exercise in a group, this hub will serve everybody. How good was our body combat class? Our body combat class was surprisingly good. (laughs) When I say our class, I'm talking about how how were me and you teaching combat. Yeah, once the you know got the old wheels oiled and we were in the motions, it was it was good fun. <laughs> uh, yeah, whether I'll continue to teach it after lockdown, I'm not sure. But I am. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm absolutely. <laughs> so you've been back. you've been putting together um, loads of the hip workouts, the 45 mm-hmm. minute uh, cardio intervals as well. People have been asking, or people have been asking us, where have you been getting your music? I've been getting my music from a couple of places. Uh, we getting it from pure energy got a lot of ppl free stuff um and license free music and i've also been getting it from 
blah, blah. Yes Go as well, which is another app or website you can go on. It's an American site, but mostly it's been pure energy. Their stuff's been awesome. And even before I taught Les Mills when I did freestyle, I would get my music from pure energy. So they're very reliable. The, the music quality is great. And there's something there for every class that's out there. Guys, there's a free trial available for The Hub. It's not just classes, it's a whole support package. There's education in there and there's obviously um, the Facebook group as well. Um, on to this episode, just so you know where the timestamps are. Roughly around the six minute mark, we're going to have coffee with Anthony. Roughly around the 60 minute mark, we're going to have coffee with Tommy. And roughly around the one hour and 50 minute mark, we are going to have coffee with Rachel. I know you'll enjoy this. Three very, very different coffee chats, um, three very, very different people, different parts of the fitness industry. Um, Tommy's been on the podcast before. He did a two-hour podcast about the week before lockdown, and it was Anthony and Rachel's first time. So Tommy is a coach and entrepreneur. Anthony Oxford is a full-time fitness professional. A lot of you will probably know him from Les Mills Land. That's a Les Mills Great UK Grit Trainer. And Rachel is a PT and full-time student based in Inverclyde, Greenock, Inverkip sort of area. And it was really, really nice to chat to these three professionals about three very, very different things. Please, please, please screenshot your phone right now. Stick it on your Instagram story. Tag me. Tag one of the guests. And tag another person and tell that other person they should listen to this podcast because I just accidentally had a lift. And it was, it, was kind of, it was kind of funny. Anyway, over to our first coffee. You're listening to the Ricky Long Podcast, where international fitness entrepreneur Ricky Long answers your questions. Be sure to leave a review on iTunes. It is officially coffee with Anthony Oxford. How are you, mate? Yes, I am good. I'm good. So I'm in the kitchen, but as you can hear, my little boy is starving. So what I'm going to do, quickly show you my... It was going to be a coffee strategy, but uh -huh. I just realized we've run out of coffee, or the coffee that I want to use, so it's going to be a tea strategy. Okay. All good, yeah, pop us through it. So, first off, milk in first, right? Oh. <laughs> tea bag in first. <laughs> tea bag in first. <laughs> I just wanted to see your reaction on that one. I know you're not a fan of that one. Yeah, that, that's blasphemy on the highest level. Yep, so tea bagging first, and it's a glass cup, yep, pint size. Mm. Instead of sugar, we go for some honey. A little sprinkle of that in there. And then some milk. Nice and easy, nice and quick, no messing around. Let that some simmer for about 10 seconds. People might be curious, you know, why honey and not traditional, like, sugar or sweetener? Uh, so, um, yeah, I, Sweeteners, I don't like the taste of sweetness, um, and I'm not kind of trying to cut down on calories or anything like that. And in, in fact, I'm entirely the opposite, uh, <laughs> always aiming for the surplus. So, um, yeah, just taste, taste, and not worried about the calories. Hmm. One thing that popped into my head was I remember the protein shake that you told me about. Yeah, we have maybe two or three times a week. Can you talk us through that? <laughs> I'll talk you through that one as well. So that one, to be honest, I've not been, we've, we've been housebound. Uh, I've not had to do that. I usually do that when I'm on the go, like early morning when I'm leaving mm -hmm. um, my first client. But basically, I like to get the calories in because as soon as I start my day, then it's literally 
client, client, class, class, maybe another client for the first start of that day. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, it would kick off with uh, about 500 mils of full fat milk, uh, two scoops of protein, and then that would be kind of a high calorie uh, protein powder. Uh, pop a banana in there, uh, a scoop of peanut butter, scoop of Nutella. Uh, <laughs> and then if I just want to put a little bit more, more calories in then it'll be something like two or three Weetabix uh, with uh, or um, porridge oats. So how many calories are you talking in this protein shake? So depending on, so with the minimal ingredients, so probably just the milk and the and the protein powder alone, that's a that's a 1,500 to 2,000 calorie shake. And then obviously with all the uh, additional, you're looking uh, to 2,500 maybe in that shake for breakfast. That is outrageous. Oh, it tastes <laughs> delicious as well. It tastes delicious. <laughs> and it's so easy to consume as well. It's gone in like three minutes. Mm, Driving in the car, get the calories in, start the day. Good. As long as the sun's shining. So yeah, just talk us through, you know, because you're um talk us through you, you know, who are you, what's your name, where you're from, what's your what's your situation? I feel like we're on like blind date or something here. <laughs> blind date, but I can see because the magic of technology allows me to see my date. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um Anthony Oxford. Um so I'm a trainer, um, and presenter for Les Mills. Uh, I also uh, personal train, uh, so I PT from uh, mainly from a gym, but obviously current climate, um, taking on the online space now, which we'll obviously might talk uh, a little bit in this session. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, just someone with a huge passion for health and fitness. Um, yeah, what else do you want me to say? <laughs> Are you wearing jeans? I'm wearing jeans today, yeah. I've kind of gone... I've never, seen, I've never seen you in jeans before, man. <laughs> Usually it's always shorts or tracksuits, isn't it? <laughs> so Adam Burke actually inspired me. Um, I was living just kind of like the tracksuit life and the shorts life, even mm. lockdown, which is why I would be kind of anyway. But it's the idea of getting dressed up to work at home because it puts that mindset. So like I'm still, and now I'm putting on jeans every day. Um, you know, have not my workout gear on. So it kind of changes that. Are you? Is that why? Do you I'm, do that? I'm trying to mix it up a little bit. Yeah, like you say, it's like um, usually we're always in uh, shorts or tracksuits. Um, mm -hmm. So I've obviously done a few sessions this morning already. So I just kind of wanted to get out of that kind of mentality. And obviously, oh. this is a different kind of setting and scene. So yeah, different kind of attire, but still stayed a little sporty with the t-shirt on. But yeah, just uh, smartened it up a little bit. This question is totally selfish of me to ask, but what you you are one of the best men to ask this. What's your hair strategy for lockdown? Like, what do you want to uh, do? See, uh, well, we did um, burpees for breakfast on the grit page a few weeks ago, right? And yeah. you asked me about this, and yeah. I was just going to let it go. But um, my missus is a hairdresser, but she's not a barber. She doesn't do like the fades, but she actually had a go. Ah, yeah, yeah. She's actually done quite a good job, I reckon. Yeah. Oh, you're okay. So uh, the, strat the strategy is being um, being dealt with. The, the so strategy good. is get a girlfriend who's uh, a barber or has <laughs> hairdressing skills. Yeah, see, plan ahead, people. Plan ahead. <laughs> <laughs> Always be prepared. Honestly, see this weekend, I'm bringing curtains back. 
like David Beckham, 1996. I'm going to bring curtains back for this weekend. Oh, yes, 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 yes. I'm excited to see that. You'll be like, um, what was the Irish um, boy bands called? Boys on and... Oh, don't bring music into a conversation with me. I don't, I don't do well. Boys on. They, 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 life. Yeah, but they're, 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 they're not Northern Irish, are they? Was it a Northern Irish uh, boy band back in the day, was it? Oh, oh, you've got me, you've got me. There's Snow Patrol. I mean, that's that's more recent, and they certainly don't have curtains. They have like long punk rocker hair, and they're all like really. They look like shaggy from Scooby Doo. Yeah, go for the David Beckham curtains then. Keep yeah. that one. And uh, when we're shopping, I think Thursday. Thursday's turned into our shopping day. You know, where you go and buy all the toilet roll. But we're gonna. Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna buy a comb. Like I haven't had a comb since I was about fifteen, so I'm gonna actually buy a comb so as I can do it and get it so as it goes up and down. Yeah, yeah. Start with the start with the David Beckham one, and then turn it into the Ronaldo one when he put that weird um, blonde streak down. <laughs> <laughs> you got to spruce it up, man. Man, I'm gonna do that. I'm gonna do that. <laughs> uh, so one of the the first questions I was going to ask you, um, you know, what is your what or who is your sporting inspiration? Sporting inspirations, so many. Uh, I mean, I'm a big sports fan. Football, athletics, tennis. I, mean, I don't know if there's a, a sport that I kind of dislike. Um, but basically, anyone who contacts them with, with just for me uh, would be kind of my number one football for this kind of era. And it's purely down to if there's always that um, old age uh, discussion about who's better, Ronaldo or Messi. And for me, I'll always go Ronaldo just down to work ethic and dedication. Um, I would say, yeah, Messi kind of natural abilities there, but it's um, Ronaldo's work ethic and determination that really kind of, I kind of find inspiring mm-hmm. to um, always believe you can and can be better. And even when there's someone who's better than you, it's not about their competition, but you use them as a, as a fuel to the fire, so to speak, to make you a better person or you a better athlete or you better at your job uh, that you do for you. And I feel like he is a great role model for that. Yeah, and another thing that Ronaldo does, and Messi probably does this as well, but Ronaldo's just kind of, it's more publicised. Everything he does in his life seems to be more publicised. Yeah, and there's always going to be rumours or or stories that follow any body in the public profile but I feel like he's he's been pretty plain sailing throughout his years as well yeah and uh, I admire him for his charity work he does a lot of things behind the scenes some are publicized some are not yeah um, and um, yeah whenever I see him with his children um, looks like he's obviously being a good supported role model for them as well so yeah I mean, in the football context it'd be him have you seen where Ronaldo is now he's uh, back in um, oh, what's he called name's gone sure. out of my head he's in I did Madeira in Portugal. Yeah, yeah. I actually went yeah. to Madeira. That was the last holiday I went on. When did I go to Madeira? It must have been um, October, November time last year. Yeah. So it's quite funny, you know. All the you know, Ronaldo obviously has all the money he wants in his bank account, and probably the biggest house he can afford in Italy and Madrid and all that. But it, yeah. he and with his mother, his obviously yeah. wife and the children, in quite a modest little house in Madeira, yeah. where yeah. His mum was obviously from. Um, yeah, yeah. Quite, he's, he put a lot of pictures on. Like it is, it looks quite small. 
mm. consider what it, when I say small, small, modest, you know, really, really yeah. extravagant furnishings and always, and that's where he's spending lockdown. <laughs> yeah. yeah. No place like home, eh? No place like home. That's it. But um, sticking on sport, I mean, my earliest sporting memory, I was thinking about this the other day, the, the, my earliest sporting memory was actually the 1992 Barcelona Olympics. And so I would have been six at that time. But that's my kind of earliest um, sporting memory. Uh, I remember um, the, uh, the, uh, the anthem, if you call it the anthem, uh, Barcelona. Yeah, that's what yeah. you're getting. <laughs> I remember screaming that, but I, I actually, um, I actually supported USA all the way through uh, uh, my kind of childhood years because they used to win everything, right? Yeah. <laughs> uh, but that that year, uh, it was actually Linford Christie who won the um, hundred meter final that year. So, um, yeah, athletics, big athletics background. Um, what, what, what what's your sport like? What did you grow up playing? Um, football. Football, football, and athletics. Football, athletics. So I was um, left-footed, used to play left midfield or centre midfield, sometimes play up front. Um, and then in terms of athletics, it was all the kind of, yes, yeah, sprints, 100 metres, 200 metres, um, long jump, high jump, things like that. I'm going to have a really shit conversation with you now for everybody listening. But you're, you're born in yeah. 85? Uh, 86. And you, you're Leeds, part of the world, are you? Yeah. Did you ever? Were you ever in Leeds? Like, did you ever go through the youth system at Leeds? No, 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 no. Why were you there? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Small world, eh? Uh, so I, I did. I did six months, where basically every other weekend, yeah, every two weeks, I was over in Leeds from Friday to Sunday, um, doing training and playing, you know, for all the youth team games. Um, so it's just. Just wonder, like it's a bit, bit of shit conversation now. So I just wondered if I had a been there at the same time. Oh, so that would have been that, that would have been weird if that worked out, yeah. <laughs> this was what 2000, 2002, kind of when Leeds were on the rise. It's not when they fell mm. in the Champions League, but it was when they were certainly on the rise. So, well, like the amount, it, it sounds really impressive. I was, you know, I was brought over from Belfast to Leeds, but there was so many kids there for every single age group because there was no rules on who you can recruit at that point. Yeah, so, hundreds of kids. I think I was one of I want to say about ten goalkeepers for our age group. Ten yeah. goalkeepers. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, sorry. Sorry, everyone listening and watching. That's just a little bit of shit chat for you. There you go. Um, <laughs> I what you have to tell people what you have done recently. So you've already said part of the chat. You know, you are the in the gym PT. You are the in the gym. Uh, fitness instructor um yeah what have you done to react to gym shutting down because of lockdown yeah so what a strange year hey um when so when the story started to to come around like things were getting shut down and i actually went skiing so we went skiing last week of march so we managed to get there get back and yeah we came back fine then all, then everything started to kind of explode, really. Um, more precautions, um, businesses started to act in different ways. Uh, some gyms had already closed, some were just carrying as normal. So there was a lot of, I felt like it was a very confusing time. Well, it was a confusing time, hey? Um, 
this kind of unknown territory. No one knew what was going to happen. Um, and to be honest, it really, really unsettled me. I started to panic, um, thinking, well, I'm not going to be able to work. I'm not going to be able to train. I'm not going to be able to do what I do on a Monday to on a, on a seven day basis. Um, so there was a period of, um, yeah, just feeling lost. Um, and then a feel, and then, and then a period of giving up and thinking, ah, oh, well, just do nothing for however many weeks. Um, but that's not me. I like to work. Even if I won the lottery, I'd like to think that I'd still work. <laughs> it's just ingrained within. Um, so then started to think, yeah, what, what can we do? And obviously this day and age, we were blessed with the beauty of technology, which we're using now to speak mm -hmm. to whoever's listening. Um, and this can be passed on and, 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 and we can interact still. Um, so yeah, online training, why not? Uh, see, knowing that you've already kind of taken up that space and, and, and well, well recognised within that space, I got a glimpse of the, was it a webinar that you did first or was it a podcast? Uh, you were did about online classes. Uh, that was a webinar. I think we did that in the middle of March just to try and yeah and help a lot of people. Yeah, yeah, thank you. Yeah, so that, that that for me came. Up. Sorry, bro. I was, was just, just a, an awkward delay. So at the time, I think the webinars had about sixty seventy listens. Sorry, sixty seventy yeah. people on it live. And I know now on YouTube, they're both over a thousand views, which is just like insane. Oh, yeah. Absolutely insane. Yeah, yeah. It was up like that. Yeah. Yeah. And that will have helped so many people, especially, like I say, from, from my point of view, it was an idea in my head. Mm -hmm. I couldn't really picture that idea. Well, from listening and, and being in, in that webinar, then it made it more real. And I thought, you know what? Let's just go. Let's go. Let's go for this. Um, Set it up. I think that that webinar was on the Friday. I think I was set up and ready to go on the Monday. Um, so <laughs> opened up on the. In fact, the webinar was on the Friday. Um, I started advertising on the Saturday for people to join. Uh, called it Anthony's Virtual Gym, um, and then yeah, first sessions were on Monday. Um, for the first week, it was just yeah trial and error really. Um, just being open and honest with people. Listen, this is completely new to me to you guys. Uh, we're going to work with this space and see what connections we can have and how we can keep each other active and sane more than anything. Um, so, yeah, week one was literally just one class per day um, and just trying out, seeing what people liked and getting feedback from every session, what worked well, what didn't, mm -hmm. um, and then using all that feedback for week two where I created the full-time table. So my, my virtual gym basically consists of 14 live classes per week. Um, daily workouts that, that people can get involved with if they can't join into the live sessions. One-to-one uh, -one sessions if people don't want to be in that group situation. So that's uh, like we would in the gym, personal training. Um, and then the online coaching as well is factored into the, the situation. So you kind of cater all areas of, of, what, of how people want to interact within that fitness space. Yeah, love it. And the, the, the biggest thing I love out of that is you listened to the, you had the idea, so you came on to the webinar and yeah. learnt obviously from the webinar and then you just started going for it like the next day. Like, yeah, probably, <laughs> probably less than 18 hours because I would have done that webinar about 5 p.m. on a Friday. That's my sweet spot for webinars. 
yeah. and your action on that on Saturday morning. And what what people, what I really hope people listen to and hear this, or, or if you're watching live, is see the amount of products sold before the product is actually built. Yeah. Is frightening. The best one, that most recent one I can give people an example of now is Disney Plus. Do you have Disney Plus? Uh, I haven't yet, but it's on the list. I signed up. I had to watch it yet, so I am going to get it though. Most people signed up for that three or four months ago before it was actually built. Yeah. Yeah. So that that's more or less what you did. You started advertising. Perhaps you were selling to your clients on Saturday, Sunday, and then all of a sudden Monday comes around and it, it forces you to take action. Like it forces you, oh shit, like I, I have, now I have to commit to this. And such oh, a yeah. 100%. Um, and there was one stage where I thought, whoa, what, what, what have I committed to? And we actually give you a phone call on the <laughs> Monday, two I hours remember. before I was going, going live on my first class. And I was like, ah, Ricky, I've messed up. I've, 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 I've rushed and I've gone too fast. <laughs> um, but you know what? That's just self-doubt. And I mean, we all suffer with self-doubt and we all have uh, moments of, of like, what am I doing? Um, but yeah, it's, it's the biggest dream killer, really. And I'm glad that I followed it through and went with it. But yeah, like I say, t- in terms of taking action, you get an idea, you just take action. Like I say, I had that webinar um, on the Friday evening and the Saturday, I actually couldn't sleep because I wanted to start working. So I actually woke up, I think, 4 a.m. in the morning on the Saturday morning, um, had something to eat, and then worked from 4 a.m. And I think I logged off my PC at 11 p.m., getting everything together and everything sorted um, to be in the position I was for Monday. And to be honest, the timing was perfect because um, on the Monday, that's when Jim's... Um, officially had to shut down and that's when I was open ready to go ready to rock and roll <laughs> so the, the, the timing was absolutely perfect um, and like I say I mean the reason I did take action because I was worried so if I'm worried about not being able to train someone who's who's trained to to to, to make workouts someone who's trained to understand how people how exercise makes people feel if I'm stressing about not being able to go to the gym how many other hundreds, thousands, millions of other people are going to be having those same feelings? Yep. Even probably worse because they haven't got the exercise knowledge. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I just put myself in other people's shoes, um, knew that I could provide that service and, and roll with it. You're dead right. I, you, you're so right because you were thinking about how this is what this is how really, really clever products and services are created. You're, you know, you think about, you make a product for a need rather than you make a product for coin. Do you know what yeah. I mean? Like you, you made a product to, and this is a really positive thing to do as well. You make a product that solves your problem and then you yeah. can offer it to other people. So you have no gym, you have no structure. So you created a virtual gym, you created a timetable and then you offer it to other people. Like I think it's yeah. absolutely brilliant. I'm so, I'm so fucking happy for you because i know the amount of conversations that we've had you know in the last couple of years about it um and it, like i just I, I think it's absolutely yeah it's, um one thing i wanted to ask you about your your timetable um i'm going to assume you started with no les mills classes and have you integrated any of the new string les mills workouts into it or yeah so when um so early days when 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 everything was unknown um, yeah, streaming possibilities weren't there. So yeah, everything was freestyle. 
Yeah. How'd you find that? <laughs> I, I found it. Yeah, it's part of the challenge. It's been a while since I've done freestyle, so. Um, what did you do? Um, Tell me you did some kind of cheesy step aerobics. I would love that. <laughs> there was no step aerobics. So there was no. Um, although there was a, I did find out. You see those videos that were flying around. There was the uh, the guy on some news program doing the dance. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, he's he, he's actually called Anthony, isn't it? Oh yeah, I saw it. I was I was tempted to try and reenact that, but I never went. <laughs> but yeah, I just did. Um, so I just played around with different concepts. Um, so I played around with a crossfit concept and just rearranged the words fit cross. Um, so functional training, use words, am wraps, and and everything like that. Do you remember my um, response? When you told me that. I did. Do you remember my response when you told me that? Instead of calling it, call it Fit Cross. And I said, mate, you may as well do like a combat-based workout and call it Mills Les. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, no, I almost went for that one. Um, but yeah, just like I say, just played around um, on the on the kind of intro emails that were sent out and telling people, listen, this is completely new. We're going to play around a bit. Um, and we're going to see, see what people do. And the response was amazing. People loved it. Um, and then, yes, Things have changed, so now I'm starting to integrate uh, Les Mills into it now. Um, so uh, grit, Les Mills grit is going well. He's in um, uh, body combat. I wasn't gonna put that in, but I think I am because I'm missing it. Um, so that's gonna go in probably first session there on Friday, and then this is an idea that I built up yesterday or the day before is. Uh, the demand, I'm not Pilates or yoga or trained or anything like that. So it's like, how can I serve my audience and provide that? So now I'm looking into a way of potentially um, taking on an instructor to provide Les Mill um, body balance or yoga or, or, or a Pilates kind of thing. Um, so then we kind of cover all areas there. We've got strength and conditioning. We've got cardio workouts. We've got hit workouts. And then... The thing that I'm missing is that that the 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 mind and body stuff with the the, the stretch and the and and the and the posture stuff. Absolutely brilliant. So, so good. yeah, I um, planted the seed yesterday with the with the current team um, and the response. Yeah, it's something that they, they they'd like to see there. So it's hoping to make that happen in time for next week. Well, uh, yeah, we we actually did that over the weekend. Um, so we want to like a body pump workout at the weekend. Mm-hmm. We couldn't do body pump at the weekend because Lindsay was doing her online grip module. Yeah. <laughs> so the house was taken over by that. Um, I was banished to the bedroom basically for the whole weekend with the door open in case there was like technical problems. But anyway, um, so we got one of our members to stream body pump into the group. Yeah. Okay. Well, yeah, which worked really, really well. And we just took away all the pressure and said, don't worry about doing it on Zoom. Don't worry about anything other than get your camera, get your phone set up so it's a Facebook Live into the group. And she did body pump. There was 19 people that I clocked doing it live, like viewing it at the time. And that yep. has since been viewed uh, 141 times, which tells me people have watched it in the yeah. group and perhaps done it at a later date. So I've made that, that's really powerful. And you know, like I'm doing the same as you. Like we're teaching combat right now in our group, but I think soon we'll get, we'll get a combat expert because like Lindsay and I aren't, aren't very 
body combat. Well, I'm really good at the A-frame. Like, I fucking hate it. <laughs> you nailed that one. <laughs> <laughs> but, man, I absolutely love that. You do that. Get, get. And I, I don't know about the circle of people you maybe have coming into your membership base. You know, if any of them are instructors, if any of them are, are you know, fitness professionals, you know, they're going to be the same as you and I. They've no, they don't have their ordinary work to do, so that people are looking for opportunities. So I think that's. Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah. Definitely, definitely. And the the thing is with gyms, I mean, some gyms are doing a great job. Some gyms are using uh, and are utilizing the fitness app, but some gyms are not, and it's a, it's a shame really because there's a lot of good good instructors out there and willing instructors that are ready to step into that space. But unfortunately, a lot of gyms are missing a trick. I won't name them. <laughs> let's not joke uh, I've, I've, I've said this enough times on social media like I've worn all the hats I've been a freelance PT a freelance instructor I've been the gym manager therefore I'm I'm responsible for somebody else's PL line mm-hmm. and I've been the gym owner therefore I'm responsible for my own PL line and I've also been you know obviously part of Les Mills a training provider coming in so kind of wore a lot of these hats and see everything that's going on in the industry right now. I see what so many of these gyms have done. And the big gyms are the worst for it. They've just kind of washed their hands of the freelancers. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, and like I say, I mean, not as many roles as you, but I actually started in... So after uni, I went uh, I wanted a job in a gym. And there was no... Um, there was no fitness jobs. There was no um, fitness industry or personal training opportunity for the gym that I wanted to be in. The only job was in, in sales. So I actually did started with that. I got my foot in the door there. Um, ended up getting stuck in, in there um, for about five years. So I started off as a sales advisor, got promoted to um, sales manager in the end. So that whole um, time frame, which was supposed to be just like a little six month, 12 month, um, see how it goes, turned into five years. All right. Um, so, but... Like I said, I'm a firm believer of everything happens for a reason. And I do feel like that sales and marketing background gave me a great base for when I obviously went as um, a, a personal trainer to sell myself in. Um, so I wouldn't change it for the world, but it wasn't a job that I enjoyed one yeah. at all. Um, and it was one day, um, there was a massive restructure to to the pay and obviously sales is all commission-based. Um, and... It kind of kept me going because it has something to aim for, but that got slashed, and I was like, "Well, this is there's nothing for me in this job now. I need to do what I came to do." Uh, so then, sacked that off and went um, went into PT. Um, do, do you think when you know the gyms go back to normal, um, what, what do you think you'll be doing once the gyms are open again? Um, so we are in second month of the online gym, and uh, so it came to kind of guys. Um, hopefully, you're enjoying the sessions, kind of chat. Um, who's ready to commit uh, to month two? And um, for that phase, only one person has not wanted to to continue. And mm-hmm. fair play to them. They 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 mainly do spin classes. So everything that we do now, because there's no bikes involved, is completely out of their comfort zone. And for that particular person, their benefit that's going to make them better is is running and cycling outside. So yeah, fair play. But the the excitement that's been built with this 
and the questions are coming in now to, to, to answer your question is, um, do you think you would carry on this when the gyms reopen? So I'm already getting asked that question. Um, and the answer is 100% potentially yes. Um, because you know the great thing about, about, about these sessions is it, it, it serves so many people and frees up more time for people. So for the for the mothers who, who are part of are part of the group um, uh, with childcare responsibilities, they don't have to drive to the gym. They don't have to drive back from the gym. Yeah, yeah. Um, they can do the class forty five minutes and then be there to answer whatever questions the, the kids have got from or to be to to do that role. Um, so it's so so it's something that yeah could definitely be ongoing and could factor into yeah they're not going to do these workouts all the time and they'll do some gym workouts but on a day where they're really struggling for time and they can't squeeze it in would one of these sessions fit into their lifestyle and mean that they can get that workout in for that day and, uh, and so have interaction with other people as well yeah but it allows you to evolve your you know like your timetable and offering so i think you said you're doing like 14 classes right now yeah that could mean once the gym's open again maybe you're you're doing seven classes yeah, yeah, it would it would change, yeah, it would restructure, yeah, hundred percent. But the replacement for that isn't just we're cutting down your timetable. You know, we're going to we're going to tell you what classes to do when you go to the gym in person. We're going to, you know, give you workouts to do when you can go to the gym. And I'm sure you'll still be, you'll obviously still be teaching your live classes. You'll probably still be yeah. doing PT as well. So you know, from that from that business point of view, every personal trainer, every fitness professional, listen to this. You know, listen up. It gives you so many options. It gives you so many, um, yes, lines of revenue, yes, people to help, but it gives you so many things you can, um, so many opportunities to help other people where they can grow. And yeah. fitness, fitness professionals, group fitness instructors are, can, can be so bad at this. All the regs are in one basket. They're either a live PT or they teach classes full time. So, you know, as we all, I've always said this, what happens if your gym closes? What are you going to do? And lo and behold, like the whole country shut down, so all the gyms close. You know, if you look at you look at the best companies in the world, you look at Apple, you look, they will sell phones, they will sell headphones, they will sell MacBooks, laptops, uh, tablets. They have all these multiple lines of product and service. And we are very, very guilty in the fitness industry of not doing that. And that my favorite one is window cleaners. Because window cleaners do not just clean windows. They do so many more things as part of their service. Yes, they'll clean your windows. They'll also do car windows. They will do power hosing for your patio. They'll maybe lend their hand to some gardening, et cetera, et cetera. So they have those. So, you know, imagine a new product come out, which meant windows never needed to be cleaned again. A window cleaner actually still has a business because they can do other things. And what this is a brilliant option. This is brilliant because it's forced people who go to the gym to look at other options and now all the fitness professionals like me like you can start to evolve our offering mm -hmm. and help those people yeah and the beauty of i mean the, the reason i get so much job satisfaction is is like a, like i alluded to um, uh, a few moments ago when i was talking about how i felt when i um, heard the gym was going to be closing and now doing what I do and now it's affected so many people is and that's the beauty of what we do is how can how how many people's lives can we affect yeah. and have that positive impact and 
Um, there was a point in um, towards the, before the gyms got closed where obviously things were like um, class capacity was getting cut. Um, so obviously the demand for classes and the space available, it, it made it a kind of a, yeah, I was still teaching classes, but it made it kind of soul destroying that there was loads of people that weren't able to do the class. And then um, when we were doing the class, like, should we even be here kind of feelings? Um, whereas with the online space, I mean, we, uh, we're able to cater for more people than we can fit in a studio, depending on your studio size. So again, we're just affecting more people's lives. It's, it's a great feeling. Imagine this. Gym owners, listen to this. Listen up. Gym managers, all the commercial gyms, listen up. I'm going to give you like something so powerful right now. So imagine you're back in your gym in six months' time, Anthony, and you're teaching your grit class, which normally has 30 people in it. But yeah. because, um, social distancing, you're only allowed, let's say, 15 people in that class. Yeah. So now all of a sudden, imagine that was the, the case for the whole timetable. So your normal studio occupancy would be in and around like 30% of your members will use the studio. So now it's going to be cut down to 15%. Yeah. But what if that gym, let's call it, you know, gym A, had an iPhone in the corner of the room that streamed that workout live just for the members. Mm -hmm. So all of a sudden, that gym, which might have three or 4,000 members, they can all do that from their own home. Your studio occupancy, or your class occupancy rather, will actually go up. And imagine you could have your phone in the corner as well and speak to your members in your private group. Now all of a sudden, that gym, that fitness professional, which is you, are now potentially serving two, three, four hundred percent higher than normal. Mm -hmm. Like, isn't that, is that? Oh, yeah. And and that, that, that's going to happen because there's no way the gyms can go back to um, yeah. open and then go back to how they were. There, there will be that social distancing aspect, hundred percent. And the beauty um, about this, it won't cost the member, the participant, any more money than it no. did before. It won't cost the gym much more money other than making sure you've got strong enough Wi-Fi and perhaps a, a decent camera feed. And it's not going to cost the instructor anymore other than making sure that you have like a phone in the room or something, which most instructors will have. Like I yeah, think... Yeah, yeah. but there's, there's, so, there's so many gyms that are already on that kind of, of, of level of thinking um, okay. that I've come across. But there's so many gyms that, again, that are so far behind, but it's not too late for them to catch up. Uh -huh. um, but again, it just comes down to... Um, valuing the instructor more because, like, they who interacts with the members more than than a Group X instructor. Exactly, most most popular people in the club. Sometimes dangerously, the most powerful people in the club can be your busiest group fitness instructor. Hundred <laughs> uh, percent. speaking about group fitness, you know what I want? I thought it would be cool to share with people. Do you remember the first weekend we kind of got to know each other? Sounds like a dirty weekend when I said that. Do you remember um, that balance was festival? That balance festival, yeah. One yeah. of the highlights. Yeah. Awesome ten. weekend. So 10, I think it was 11 grits a day for three yeah. days. Friday, Saturday, Sunday. 30 yeah. grits or something ridiculous. Yeah. Mate, how broken were we? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I remember I remember the breakfast on the first day we was uh, in the hotel. We was having a nice breakfast, nice coffee, and we were all smiles thinking, yeah, this is going to be all right. It's, it's a big number, but we'll be fine. And then we hit day one, and I'm like, <laughs> what have we signed up to? <laughs> yeah. 
it was epic though. It was good. Yeah. We kept each other. We, we got each other through it, man. It was good. Yeah. So it was me, you, Steve Tansley, and Lindsay. Um, and I'm not sure if I had the best deal. You you looked after all the strength workouts. Lindsay looked yeah. after the cardio, and Steve looked after the plyo. As it was then, you know, athletic now. If people uh, are, are unsure. And I just kind of stepped in like every three or four classes. So I maybe would have done a strength, a plyo, or a cardio. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I maybe did three classes a day, but everybody else was doing like five. (laughs) (laughs) The the thing that got me, do you remember the last day when we were all knackered, but we all just started team teaching every workout because it was better than sitting and stiffing it up? Yeah, 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 yeah. (laughs) It was... uh, It was on concrete as well. It was on as a as concrete floor, um, so yeah, we definitely felt the effects. Do you remember the steak we had afterwards on the Sunday when your woman tried to put the the bib on Steve Tanzai? No. Oh, well, you may not have been there because we stayed down. So. Oh, no, I, I left. Yeah, I left on the Sunday. So we're sitting in this really really nice steak restaurant, and we all ordered our food, and. The food came, and this woman had like a bib. The the, the waitress, she had a bib, and she looked at Steve. For those that don't know Steve Tanzai, like he's you know he, he can be quite an intimidating person. <laughs> and she said to him, "Do you want me to put your bib on?" And he just looked at her. Pardon? I said, "Do you want me to put your bib on?" And she was like, "No." No, I don't want you to put my bed. <laughs> oh, we just erupted because he was so. I never expected that question. Should <laughs> uh, have got in my high chair at the same time. <laughs> uh, but just uh, conscious of time, don't uh, taking up too much of your day. Um, I'm just curious how how are you coping. Um, with like your own mental and physical health right now? Um, yeah, like I said, I've uh, been through kind of all a range of, uh, of emotions um, from first, uh, like I explained, when the lockdown, when James McCoy went through kind of that stress phase. and But now I feel like it came at a really good time if I can take any positives from the situation. Well, I'm, I am only taking positives from the situation, to be honest. Um, and it came at a really good time for me, uh, this lockdown. Uh, it's made me realise a lot of things. It's made me um, develop a lot of areas. Um, it's pushed me, obviously, more into the online space, which I've been putting off for the last two years since Balance Festival, when we had the chat about what you, what software and stuff you were using. Um, I'm loving the time, the time with family. Um, so usually in the morning, I'm out the door uh, before he wakes up, my little boy. Um, so I have a, I always have a good um, three to four hour gap in the middle of the day. So my evening is like mid afternoon. So mm-hmm. I'll be busy in the morning, have the afternoon off, and then I'll be back in an evening. But I'm loving waking up with him in the morning and seeing him first thing. Um, and that part of the day has been really like special to me. Um, obviously, the work's keeping me working, keeping my mind switched on, and keeping me en- en- uh, energized and, and exercising every day. So yeah, I'm in a good. I'm in a, I'm in a very good spot mentally. Um, and like I say, it's that feeling of being able to serve the people that I'm interacting with on a on a daily and weekly basis, which just 
gives me a reason to get up in the morning, you know what I mean? And, and do what I love to do. Fitness is my passion and, and, and sharing that with people. Um, yeah, I can't complain at the moment. And then the question I'm, I'm kind of going to finish with is, so you have done, I want to say bodybuilding or fitness physique shows before where you've stood on stage and skimpy little <laughs> band and had all your abs out. So would, would you rather do one of those shows again and win? Or would you rather teach a grit class to 100 people live? Easy question. E- easy, easy question. Easy question with a... I could go into very much a lot of detail into this answer, but I'll try to keep it short. But so those um, the two major events happened in in the space of twelve. Well, a lot of major events happened in the space of twelve months. Um, so me actually getting onto the Les Mills present trainer presenting team was the same year that I did that bodybuilding show. Okay. Um, but obviously, I was a Les Mills instructor for years, a uh, couple of years before that. Um, but if we just focus on that year, so. Uh, the show was, I think we did present a boot camp in January or February. The sh- bodybuilding show was in May. And the result for um, the, whether I got on the team or not was in August or July. That's short, yeah. Yeah. And um, I'm not a confident person. So all these things w- were happening, um, which were going to put me on kind of, the stage yeah um so and i was really stepping out of my comfort zone with lots of aspects of my life at that, at that time and and the, it was like a snowball effect one thing was happening and opportunities were coming and i started to get addicted to that so i started saying yes to a lot of things rather than no and a lot more positive things started to happen so um the bodybuilding i, I signed up to the bodybuilding show literally as a confidence kind of thing because it's something i said I, i've always said i'd never do um so in terms of my training i used to train for sport then i used to uh, when sport didn't work out then i just went on to the bodybuilding kind of thing and aesthetics um, and people used to ask me constantly oh will you ever do a, a show will you ever will you ever compete i'm like no 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 that's not me that's not me one year i turned around i thought you know i mean i'm um, i'm 30 this year let's do it i'm gonna do it um so yeah it was more of a step out of the comfort zone confidence kind of thing in the bodybuilding show um and then the les mills thing happened as well and yeah the question the answer to the question is 100 percent the les mills okay. um because um it's it's like i say it's, it's training in a way to serve people and have that effect on people's lives um, i know how exercise changed my life and it's like i always say this on a on an int when we're training instructors up is never ex never never take for granted that when people walk into your studio that they want to be there because most of the time they don't want to be there but they feel they have to exercise so it's how can you affect that person that comes into your studio and make them leave wanting to come back having that good experience feeling better about themselves and understanding why that happened um so yeah having an effect on people's lives from a fitness aspect because uh, I know the benefits is what kind of motivates me to keep doing what I'm doing. That's really powerful. Could you could you say that line again? They don't want to be there. Um, when people step in the studio, a lot of people, yeah, they don't want to be there. You've uh-huh. got the, you've got your your avid you, um, people that 
that will be there for every class without fail. And then you've got some people that will be there one week, won't be there the other week, or they'll find an excuse not to go. Um, but it's how can you develop that consistency within people and make them fall in love with fitness? Um, because not everybody does fall, not, not, not everybody that goes to the gym enjoys going to the gym. I tell you, sorry, my missus hates going to the gym. So I'll be with a client and um, she'll, she'll send me a message here, oh, I'm, I'm coming to the gym today. Um, so I'm, I'll be with that client for an hour, let's say, and I still haven't seen a walk past on the gym floor. I'm like, so then in the break for the, between clients, I'll be like, I thought you was coming to the gym today. She's like, I'm at the gym. She says, oh, I haven't seen you. She says, I'm in the car park. I'm just staring at it. Mm. Yeah. So that's, 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 um, that's her struggling to, she wants to go to the gym, but she, it's her mindset. It's like a, it's a battle to go. Yeah. And um, a lot of people are in that situation and it's a, it's a, it's a hard task for them to, to step into the gym floor, the studio space. So making those connections with people um, showing that you care about why they're there and you want to affect why they're there and making them fall in love with fitness. And that's why just to go full circle, you know, creating, you, you know, you've got your virtual gym, there's a lot of group fitness instructors out there who are now running online classes or perhaps doing online PT. You've just removed the barrier for people. Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm really hot. What, the course I'm doing right now, you're doing this whole section on friction and how we, we as humans will always naturally take the path of less friction. So the example is if you had to get up if you're watching TV and the remote control didn't exist and you had to go to the TV and turn it on or off and change yeah. the channels, you actually wouldn't watch as much TV because there's too much friction. Yeah. Yeah. Or if you, to make it even simpler, you know what really winds me up? You know when Netflix, you know when Netflix logs you out and you have to log yourself back in? Mm -hmm. That really kills me because that's, that's now how we're programmed to be, friction. So, yeah. We always take the path of less friction. So to bring this back to what it was, the point I'm trying to make is these gym members, if we can remove the friction, as much friction as possible, that's when they come into the car park, when they walk through the doors, how they get to the change rooms, how they get to where they want to be in the gym. If we can make that as frictionless as possible. And it was the argument, you know, Les Mills used this argument quite well, you know, all their studies, how virtual classes will actually make your live classes busier mm -hmm. because people now start to enjoy the virtual body pump with Glenn on a surfboard in New Zealand and now they're thinking you know what that was good with Glenn but I want to see what Ricky Long's class is like or Anthony's class is like in the gym I'll go and try that now because you're you remove the friction creates the habit creates the want creates the love mark remember the love marks and now all yep. of a sudden they want more because it's part of life and I think and that's very, very powerful what you said um, about we. these people might not want to be here. So it's our role to give them something to be happy about, give them something to fall in love, give them something that makes them want to be here the next time. Love that message. I'm going to steal that. <laughs> yeah. And I've heard you say similar things since similar things in the past. It's like um, you can't force. It's like um, when people ask you a question, oh, what should I do to lose weight? Um, and it's it's not about saying all right do um three times of this type of session per week it's about finding the things that you enjoy to do if you don't enjoy doing it you're not going to stick and you're not going to find that habit 
life um, lifestyle, you're not going to find that consistency in it. And I know I've heard you say it before, it's like, do the things you enjoy the most. Yeah. Um, what I enjoy is going to be different to, to, to what you enjoy. And how you get your like? There's no way I'm getting in those seas to do those mile, three miles. <laughs> to you can't, uh, I know I say never say never, but that's one thing I'm I'm saying never to. I'm <laughs> <laughs> three o'clock to the the climb. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going in. <laughs> but yeah, definitely, it's finding things you enjoy and then yeah, smashing those. Exactly, exactly. And I think you think you know. Again, I don't like. Um, do you know what? You use your missus as an example, so I'll, I'll use mine. Lindsay doesn't like weight training. She likes body pump and she likes grit strength. But yeah. that you go into the gym and do weight training. I would say more for her, it's like an attention span thing. Mm-hmm. Because it's not you know, like it's, it's not as interactive as, say, body pump yeah. strength will be. So her buy-in is the way we get her to do that, if you like, for lack of a better way of putting that, is before your grit class or before your body attack class, go and do 10, 15 minutes of squats or deadlifts or bicep curls, whatever it might be. And you can start to create these kind of, what I'm trying to say, these hinges, these hitches where you can couple up workouts together so you can do the thing you want to do, which is your class. Yeah. But in order to do that, do the thing you have to do first, which is your weight. And it's a good way of for I'm not going to the gym to do 60 minutes of bodybuilding sets. That would bore the tits off me. But yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll do 15 minutes and then I'll go for a run or I'll go do my class. And I think that's a really, really good strategy people can do. Yeah. yeah. And the advice I give to anyone who's, who's starting a fitness journey is, is try as many types of training as possible within the first kind of, within the first month of membership. Because mm-hmm. what a lot of people do that when they join a gym is they'll just they'll go onto a gym floor and, and they'll be a bit lost on there and then the, the novelty will wear off and then they'll stop going. Yeah, that's the reality of, of, of people who join the gyms, right? Whereas if a person joins a gym with that attitude of I'm going to try as many things as I can within the first month, then they're more likely to then filter out the things that they do enjoy and the things that they don't enjoy and the things that they do enjoy, they can start to build and do them more, which is going to, ignite that snowball effect and, and, and keep them interested. Um, because like I say, there's so many different forms of exercise, so many different types of classes on a, on a timetable. Mm-hmm. Um, and you, you're not going to enjoy every single class that a, a gym um, provides, but there's definitely a, a percentage of ones that you will enjoy in there. And whether you just do classes, whether you mix it in with your own sessions, whether you're a member of multiple gyms, it's like it's like filtering out the things that you enjoy that's going to help you get your goals. 100%. I've just been told um, I've reached my, my screen time limit for Instagram on the phone. So we're streaming this yeah. Instagram for everyone who doesn't doesn't know. So I limit my Instagram the an hour every day. So it must be just over an hour now. Um, but mate, I've loved this. Uh, the final question. Good. Can you show everyone your cup of tea? My cup of tea? Yeah. I love it. Like, got a little bit left. I love that it's a glass mug. I mean that that's that's so flamboyant. It's so Anthony Oxford. I love it. It tastes better in a glass. Trust me. Try it. I'm gonna to have to try it. <laughs> <laughs> it tastes and looks so much better. You know where you're at as well. Uh, so this one's more for the podcast, and I suppose anyone who's on Facebook, where can people follow you on social media? Uh, so I use two platforms: um, Facebook and Instagram. My Facebook. 
is mainly my family kind of thing. Uh, I do put a few work posts on there as well. Uh, so Anthony Oxford, if it's on Facebook, um, most of my work stuff and fitness stuff goes onto Instagram, and that's at Anthony Oxford underscore AJ. Be sure to leave a review on iTunes. Hi, everybody. Tuning in on Instagram. This is weird, isn't it? That's my <laughs> hand there. That's my face. This is live. This is this is live. This is live. You, yeah, you. You're live, and I'm live. I'm there. That's Ricky Long, and we're about to do a little chat on his. What is that noise? Some, my, I think my laptop's possessed. It keeps turning on and off in the kitchen. I'm gonna have to check it out. You're gonna have, you're gonna have to hold, mate. You're gonna have to do a comic relief and hold the space for a bit. That's all right. I'll just, I'll just chat here. Um, five things I have learned about lockdown. Uh, thing one helps you stay positive and motivated. You've got to keep your morning routine. You've got to get up at that time. Ah, oh, and you're going to have to the next four. <laughs> Hello, everybody. So, Ricky, let's do this, mate. You're in charge. I'm going to sit back. Do you know what, mate? I, I was really enjoying that because I was doing the intros for all the rest of them and you just started talking there and it was just like, this is awesome. I have days. I feel, I feel like I've got staff. Whoa! <laughs> 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 so this is, oh, this is coffee, coffee with Tommy. So normally for... The coffee listeners out there, we've been doing this for the last two or three weeks. I'll just have coffee with people kind of in the middle of the day. And it started off, you know, kind of during lockdown and the apocalypse because it was just, you know, a nice way to chat to people, connect with people and bring conversations. Um, and then I wanted to get you on for a coffee, obviously. Yeah. And you said, yeah, let's do 8 p.m. at night. And yes. I said, who the drinks coffee at 8 p.m. at night? And you have a brilliant story to kind of make this make sense. But first of all, what are you drinking? I've, I've got, I've just got tea. What am I drinking? So yeah. I would, so actually it was the last thing I thought about because I have actually, I have been known to sink a couple of cappuccinos this late at night mm-hmm. in these current circumstances. Yeah. For tonight though, I have water. Okay. And that's me telling the truth because I thought about lying and saying it was tea. <laughs> <laughs> but I've, I've got water but it's in a mug you know because i know that, that i knew you're going to ask cheers just yeah cheers cheers just a lie just a lie and say you were drinking tea so it's or coffee so you seemed all cool because yeah, that's cool kids drink 8 p.m <laughs> quarter past quarter past eight so yeah let's do this yeah. So for everyone watching this live, um, we've got our phones in front of us. So if there are any questions throughout, fire them in. Um, it is my mission to get better at responding to the live questions because no one missed a few in the last one only from watching them back. So soz for that. Um, so yeah, just a quick one. You know, Tommy G. Who is Tommy G? I'm a, I'm just a fella trying to do his best to to help others, and I've uh, been doing that my whole professional life starting in the fitness industry and now um, I'm, I'm actually grateful to be working uh, with business owners so that's me I, I'm just a fella doing his best which is my new answer to that question um, because I think it's easier then for you to ask me more questions rather than me go on and tell you my life story. Okay so when you say you're doing your best working with other business owners what what types of businesses do you work with and what do you find yourself kind of doing in that what tasks are you tasked with 
So it's two pronged approach, really. It's the human being behind the business. Mm -hmm. And that comes from uh, coming up to eight years of experience as a life coach and having studied NLP practitioner qualifications and coaching qualifications in 2012. So I've had a lot of experience with working with different people with different goals. So every business is driven by a human being and therefore is subject to overwhelm and stress and emotional ups and downs. And then the other approach is mostly digital marketing. Yeah. Um, so I work with business owners that have teams of between like three and 10 members of staff who might run uh, retail businesses or e-commerce businesses. And yeah, we kind of work on them and we work on the business. And my philosophy is to keep things really simple and to take that stress and overwhelm out of the equation so that they can enjoy. Because when people go into business, they often do it because they are passionate about something. Mm -hmm. And sometimes they can find that their passion and everything else that's involved in running a business just gets too much and they lose that bit of fun um, and that feeling of making a difference, making an impact. So I like to get people back in, in tune with that. You said there about digital marketing and it reminded me of a post I saw you put up on LinkedIn. Now, I only saw it today or yesterday and it was about Facebook adverts, 7%. Mm. And I thought that was really, really good because it really... It made what seems a bad return at first it made you realize. Could you talk us through that analogy for anyone listening, if that's all right? Yeah. Um, what was the number there you quoted? I think it was something like 7%. You said, so if only 7% of your people see your advert, but those 7% watched like 80% of your uh, video and right. something yeah. like that. I'm with you. So basically, the yeah, so the 7% was... When and this like I have to assume that people don't know a thing about Facebook ads, right? You'll do. <laughs> so let's just go in, keep it real simple. When you post a video on Facebook, um, Facebook understands and knows the data behind that video in terms of watches, like video views. And when you run it as a promotion or an advert or a sponsored ad, um, you can actually see how many people have watched that video or it's made an impression on for three seconds, 10 seconds, 25% of the video, 50% of the video, 75% of the video, 95% of the video, or 100% of the video. And the 7% was that 7% of the entire audience who'd watched that video made it to 75%. And it was a 10 minute long video. Yeah. So let's just take a round number of every 100 people, seven, we're watching it to seven and a half, eight minutes. No subtitles, no glitz and glamour, just me sat here with my manky colour wall, uh, just talking, right? And the reason why that was quite interesting is because before the lockdown, that never happened. It yeah. never happened. At 7% might seem like not much for people, but it's huge because people were so busy and distracted and most of the time they're consuming content when they're in the queue for Costa or Starbucks yeah. or they're on the toilet or, you know, they're, they're kind of just, they're, they're in a conversation with someone and they're just browsing through and they go, oh, that looks interesting. And then they forget about it forever. Mm -hmm. Whereas now people are watching more stuff and they're, they're spending more time watching more stuff. And there's like this whole bunch of new people on the internet now that weren't really internet people. And they have to be now because it's the only way to stay in touch with their family and friends and, it's the only way to buy things. 
So they're all like, wow, there's videos on this thing. And they're watching them all, right? Because they, they don't know otherwise. We're just so conditioned to think think quickly and, and stuff. But uh, so, yeah, here's the thing about the 7%. And those that are still listening, you probably lost a bunch of listeners, by the way, because it's boring. But I find it very exciting. Yeah, um, every single person, 100% of the people who stay to 75, stay to 100. So they all stayed for another two and a half minutes. Mm-hmm. Not a single person turned it off between 75 and 100% of that video. And so that was why it was a big deal. And, you know, as you know, mate, in the stuff that you're involved in and working with other PTs, other fitness professionals, other coaches, there are two golden rules that we know. One is that the only way to help people is to actually help them. And two is the only way to prove something is to actually prove it. So it's all, it's just like, who's got the best idea otherwise? Who's, who's got the, the most interesting way of sharing an idea? evidence is evidence and that's why i got super excited about that because i thought you know this this is from the battlefield does that make sense yeah and, and to make it really real for people i think the number that you quoted you you quoted it there as well arguably better just because i'm listening rather than reading so if 100 people watched it seven percent so seven people watched right to the end yes so the, you know seven people are 100% engaged with you to watch a 10 minute video. And they are like, if those seven people happen to, you know, buy from you, not based off that video, but just in general, that's seven sales, which you did not have. That's seven more people who you can make a difference with and who they can. So that's that's why it's, it's the argument of, I can't do online PT because I don't have, you know, 10,000 followers on Instagram. And I'm like, do you, do you have 50 followers? And they're like, yeah, yeah, I have 200. I'm like, well, that's 200 people who are already engaged with you. You know, what if 10% of those actually wanted an online PT? Have you asked? And they're like, well, no. And I said, well, maybe now is a good time to ask. Yeah. You got to test the waters. It's the digital, it's the same uh, as the metaphor of the grass is green on the other side, you know, looking over the fence at all the followers that you don't have. Yeah. And actually, you've got this, you've got this garden here, which you could really make the most of and serve. And, um, you know, interesting thing about the fitness industry is that, you know, I, I used to do a bit of work helping PTs back in the day. And I always used to say to the, the guys and girls that I helped, if a personal trainer is the guy or girl, the go to guy or girl for simply his or her friends and family, they will be full full time PT. I love that. I love so, that. like, just instead of trying to do all these super complicated things, why don't you like phone your auntie up and say, "Hey, auntie, um, you know I do this fitness stuff. You know, what, what can I help you with?" Or I tell you what, who out of your friendship circle is always talking about they, they want to lose weight and get in shape? Mm-hmm. You know, that. because we try and when I say we, the proverbial we, the fitness professionals tend to kind of be in a race with other fitness professionals and. Yes, <laughs> it doesn't need to be the way. Like, um, you got to think about what the end goal is. What What is the objective? If the objective is to build a secure career, then you only need to be looking at 10, 15 human beings that you see every week, and you and you're probably earning a decent amount, um, and got a bunch of free hours in your week. Yeah. A, a quote I fell upon by accident was, "You know, own your postcode." Yeah, nice. Yeah, 
Yeah, just own your postcode. So if yeah, I've seen post that. I've seen that. I like that. That you saying about being somebody. I think it was you. I'm pretty sure it was you. Somebody kind of you posted something, and someone was like, it kind of like it was sort of like they bigged you up, you know, like they as if they were stood behind you, going, "Yeah, Ricky, go!" Yeah, <laughs> and uh, you were just like, "No, no, just be the local guy." I was like, that's great because that's the way to win your objective. Your objective is what? It's to have a full-time calendar and diary of clients. Yeah. They're right there. Be known in your street as, you know, the keep fit house. You're the keep fit couple. And then Such if anybody in your street wants help, they're going to think of you. And then yeah. transfer that postcode to your gym. So be the best person in the gym at something. So yeah. as when everybody wants pre and postnatal, they're not thinking of Ricky Long. But if somebody yeah. wants to get fit to teach a body pump class, I would like to think they would think of me before this, the other PTs in, in the room. And it's just, yeah, own your postcode. Or yeah. I'm like, you, you've kind of made that even closer. It's like, own your family. It's like, ooh, that's good. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Man, tell us about your bunker, because I have never had a man cave and I've always wanted a man cave. This is close. You've got a bunker, which, you know, that sounds like you're ready for whatever COVID-19 has to throw at us. <laughs> Mate, do, do you know what? Like, we could we could, we could, just talk about this because, um, <laughs> mate, like, the, honestly, it's the best thing that's happened in this whole thing is I've got a man cave now. Um, <laughs> yeah, like, honestly, it's the best thing. And, and you know, I, was jo- I was joking in the first, like, week or so how, you know, me and my son Lincoln, like, we've got version one of the man cave now. But because before this was like the even the couch that I'm sat on here was like up on its side with the cushions off from when we moved house, and we were like, oh, we'll get rid of that chair. Um, we had you couldn't move in here; it was just full of junk. Um, and the very first thing that I was like, right, gym's closed. I was like, right, okay, you, you, you've ran this scenario through your head a few times here. Security is the first and foremost. We're going to have a place that we can store extra food if we have to. I'm proud to say that we haven't got a bunch of rations in here. We've got a couple of boxes of baby food and stuff just in case, but <laughs> we could have been a lot worse, let's put it that way. Um, and I was like, right, I need a place to work that's going to be in its own area of the house and stuff. So I got my computer, my lights, managed to fit the couch in, which was nice. Hoovered the floor, put a little rug down, got a few weights in here too. Um, and... Uh, and that, and that, yeah, now we've we've got we've literally got a man cave. Just check this out. This counts. You don't call it a man cave unless you've got something. Batman. Hundred percent. You know I'm. So a I even got this from work, and like you know, got nowhere to put it, but it goes on the radiator. Uh, yeah. Original Batman, the dynamic duo. Love that. And that goes on here because then that's like yeah, well there we go. It's official. It's a bat. It's a bat cave. It's a man cave. <laughs> Have you, you know, invested in the PlayStation, like the PlayStation One? Um, mate, it's torture. There's a there's a PS4 down there, but it's a bit of a it's a bit of a tender one in our house, you know. Um, I'm quite um, I can get into these things. Let's just put it that way. Uh, and actually, I'm proud to say, and this is like PlayStation Anonymous, isn't it? I'm proud to say I haven't touched that PlayStation for five weeks. All right. Okay. Which is totally the thing that surprised me the most out of this whole situation. I was thinking, oh, all this time at home, I'm going to become the best in the world at FIFA. That's going to happen. Um, because I play it, you know, maybe once a week. Mate, I haven't touched it. And, and it's a really good thing. I'm not afraid to say it now. 
it's a really, really good thing. Because you hear all the time about, you know, oh, if you're playing games, you're not doing this, you're not doing that. But then you justify it by going, yeah, it's downtime and it's enjoyable. But um, I fucking hate losing on that game. <laughs> and, and when I get beat by some little, like, from the other side of the, I'm like, nah. And, and it does have an effect on me. <laughs> it mm-hmm. does. It makes me, like, moody, you know? I can totally, totally relate to that. That happens to me. So, uh, you know, we've had the chats before about Football Manager. And I'm mm-hmm. uh, well, Football Manager. I mean, that is, that is a vortex of clicking buttons. Strategy. It's strategy. That is an absolute vortex. You could lose. I have lost weekends before because of Football Manager. I, uh, we, well, we've had this chat before, haven't we? I think I'd probably be working um, for NASA if I didn't have Football Manager between the ages of 11 and 15. <laughs> I, I probably would have actually fulfilled my potential in my academic years. <laughs> uh, I would say to, to my guys, um, so I think it's really important you allow time for stupid shit, but as long yeah, as yeah. stupid shit lives in the 20%, not the 80%. So if, if we're locked down for you know 10 weeks, do not spend more than two weeks of that playing FIFA. Anything up to two weeks, you, you know, that's, that's fine. That's still a lot of FIFA. Um, but yeah, as long as it doesn't become more. I'm, I'm not sure. Like, I haven't touched Football Manager in a while. I wonder how that's the Don't do it, Ricky. Don't do it. It will steal your soul. <laughs> and the thing is, right, nowadays, um, it's a genuine career path. Yes. Right? So, so yeah. gaming, and, and even more so, like, this is evidence of this. Lockdown has stopped all decent sport being played. Mm-hmm. People are tuning in to watch people play computer games. Yeah, watch professional right. sports people play computer games. Yeah, and like games. the only thing that's missing from this chat, I think, is Mario Kart or like playing some sort of game while we're while we're chatting. You know, that would be wicked, and that's possible. That is possible to do. Um, it's I'll Twitch, set, isn't it? Twitch, I'll Twitch. set that up. I'll set that up for the next lockdown. <laughs> yeah, well, but yeah but yeah don't do it mate it will steal your soul and and the thing is because it's a career path now it's the greatest um fantasy for someone to have as a as a means to justifying it yeah I, it, it's scary to think my son could be playing a game at some point which would probably be some sort of like augmented video like vr thing by the time he's like 15 but um I could like run in there, like run into his room, like my mum used to do to me. Yeah. On like a summer Saturday afternoon when it's like 28 degrees outside, she'd run into my room and be like, right. And she'd grab my controllers and rip them out. And then she'd be like, you're not, you're banned for two weeks. And I'd be like, ah, she'd like get outside and get some fresh air and do some exercise. Right. If I did that, if I do that to him in 10 years, he'll go, but dad, it's my dream. Then what am I supposed to do? (laughs) <laughs> I'm supposed to go it's not like if it, if it was like if he was I don't know painting or doing keep-ups in the garden and be like oh, I stopped doing that but like dad it's my dream you'd be like crack on but because it's computer games it's bad where does the land like yeah we yeah we we view that as bad our generation back in my day yeah right we we had to earn our computer time <laughs> yeah. um when you were saying there about uh your your bunker it just kind of cast me back to your working life right now obviously you know gyms are shut but you're not shut so how are you working it with kelly family time etc etc because i think a lot of people will probably identify with the struggles of you know home parenting for some and oh, sorry homeschooling for some 
I know your your guys aren't that age yet. Um, no. so yeah, what, what's the situation? It's hard to work in the day. Mm -hmm. Super hard to work in the day, which is why we were joking about this time for you know, coffee, which is usually at 11, 11 a.m. for you guys when you do these. Yeah. Um, I start work at roughly 7.15, 7.30 p.m. You know, aside from doing a little bit, if the kids are, well, the little ones asleep and Lincoln's in a flow, so he's like, he's he's not needing me. Um, then I'll be able to do a little bit, but most of the concentrated work efforts are done after half 7 p.m. Every single night, I'm not, I'm not even, first week I was like, I'm not going to keep this up. This is all a little bit of a show at the moment. But I promise you, every single night, since the 20th of March, I've been working to at least 11.30 p.m. Mm -hmm. Hence the no PlayStation, hence that. Because if, if, I'm, if I'm not working, it's like my window is gone mm -hmm. for that 24-hour period. And I could wake up the next day, and I know that if I'm in any kind of mindset of regret or, oh, shit, I've, all, I've got all that to do, but I wasted my time, then I then have to keep that, hidden and not let it affect how I am with the kids which yeah. is the most important thing because they're watching and learning all the time mm -hmm. and it's difficult it, it is so anyone out there that's got little ones at home and is trying to sort of weigh it up you have to think in in extraordinary circumstances you have to act in extraordinary ways mm -hmm. um and me and Kelly uh, Kelly and I had a sit down at the start of this and we were like right this is how it needs to be work starts when the kids are in bed there are a few exceptions where she might have a live stream class at half 10 or in the morning, or I might have like my client group, which is every couple of weeks on a Friday afternoon. Mm -hmm. Those are the only things though. And how, how do you find that like, it's working? Because it, it's obviously a long day because you're, you're going to be switched on from what, 7, 8am when the kids get up and the house wakes up and then it's all day energy with family. And then to, you've to switch, you've to put family to bed and then you've to switch on because I'm, I'm done. Like see after 3, 4 p.m. in the day, my creative energy juices, they're, they're done. It's the only things that get done after that is what has to be done. Um, so I'm just curious, how, how do you pick yourself up apart from cappuccino? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, hmm. I think concentrating on like someone said to me the other day about how if your kids eyes don't sparkle when you look at them then that's your fault as a parent um that's that's harsh probably a scary reality but yeah it, that would, that'd it, be hard to hear hit home because i thought well yeah. i never noticed before but I'm, I'm actually my kids they do they're so young that i could be the biggest dickhead in the world and they'd still look at me and be like dad you know they're so, they're so young um but it did kind of make me think okay well that's what i'm going to concentrate on because that's special mm -hmm. when that when their eyes are sparkling when they're looking at me because we're about to go and do something together or i make them laugh or i say come here and give them a hug or whatever and it's that the genuine because that really is the north star for me and a lot of people at the moment that's the North Star because there's so much that we want to do that we can't do, but then there's so much that is there in front of us that we can enjoy. And so for me, it is those little little kids, those little human beings. Um, so like, I'm trying to think of, Link is three, three and a half. And I genuinely, like, it makes me feel a bit sick when I think back to 
who I was five weeks ago. There are parts of my life that I'm extremely grateful to have learned that they weren't how they should be. um, It occurred to me that my son didn't really know anything about me. He didn't really know what I do, what what I do. Mm -hmm. He never seen me do anything. Like I thought I thought this like a couple of years ago when I stopped the Les Mill stuff and I was like, well, my son's never gonna see me do any kicking and punching. He's not gonna know that I have these skills that I've basically trained my whole life in martial arts. He's never he's not gonna know any of that. He'll never be interested because he'll never be looking at me practicing or anything like that. Um football, he didn't like football. Now he freaking loves it. Good, that's a win. <laughs> he's like running every like if you'd have said to me before all this. How's it going to feel when your son says to you, dad, 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 can we please go and play football? I'll be like, that's never going to happen. Because you could just think, oh, he's, he's not really interested. But honestly, every day. Yeah. Well, that's because we're in the garden. He's seeing me do it. And he's seeing me like wearing my football shirt. And he's like wearing his, uh-huh. you know. And I think back to before all this. And I'm like, he didn't even really know what who I, who I am. I'm just like the guy that comes home and does bath every now and again. and when he is when he is around at the house, he's all stressed and looking at his phone, you know, which was really quite hard to accept. But this process has really taught me that, and I'm really grateful because I don't have a lot going on. Whereas a few months ago, I had a lot going on. I've leaned everything right down, so I've got a few real hands-on, high-value, as in they pay me a lot of money, clients that I am there for every day. That I have my group. I, I do a bit for them every every few days or every you know every now and then the gym's closed and there's not a lot that can be done there and that's it I'm very grateful for that because if I had been the Mr. Busybody and oh I've got to do this thing and oh I've got to do that then there would be no escaping anything because the kids would see it Kelly would be going crazy at me and it would all be misdirected energy I think what you've described is probably what a lot of parents are maybe realizing right now, because, you know, one or, you know, in a lot of cases, obviously two parents out of the house all day, come in, dinner, bed, repeat. And that's it. And now all of a sudden they're all spending time at home and kind of meeting their children and children, yeah. and their parents. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think there'll be a lot of moving and shaking with like jobs and, people's values i think are are shifting um i think as 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 employers we have to be ready for that we have to sort of embrace how we can be more lenient or open to people perhaps having more time off or working remotely every now and again Um, i'm just having to plug my phone in because my phone's down in battery um i think a lot of businesses have just almost been the whole working from home thing, a lot of businesses can survive working from home who previously may have said, we, you must be in the office. And a lot of gyms have been forced, gyms, a lot of businesses have been forced to evolve in this. And I think, like, you know, we've, we've said this in private message. We said this in the last podcast. You know, the world's going to evolve now because it's being forced to in all senses of the word. And it's scary. It's exciting. It's interesting. It's fun. Yeah, I guess the counter argument is that it has only been one proper full calendar month. 
And yeah. if you imagine that and you amplify it for a quarter or even for half a year, and then you look at the implications of not having people in the office and having that ability to look at them and know that they're working and be able to help them when they need it, I think that would have eventually a damaging effect on productivity levels, quality, mm. um, in some industries, obviously. Now, that, though, then opens up an opportunity for those that are more productive and able to motivate and self-motivate. Um, you could be a you could actually become a very, very valuable person right now in, in lockdown, listening or watching this. You could just be honing your ability to concentrate, to learn, to produce results at home, to be self-motivated. Doing that is going to put you in a very valuable position in terms of future employment, because this is the thing. Although you might not be running a business and have the business evidence to say, hey, look what I did in March, April, May 2020. I did this thing. But you'll always be able to tell your person who's interviewing you what you did do in March, April, May 2020. So if you sit down in an interview process in a few months time and someone's like, so you know, what, why should we give you the job? And you go, well, I'll tell you what, the only way that I can really explain that is by sharing with you what I did with my time in lockdown um, from the coronavirus. Well, I spent the first month learning this and then I did this and then I did that. And the reason I did those things, is I want to sit here in front of you and get this job. You're going to get employed. By the way, what a great interview question. <laughs> it's a great interview question, isn't it? So what the f*** were you doing? I was uh, completing uh, FIFA. <laughs> but you can never complete FIFA. How did you complete <laughs> yeah, That's the thing. You can never complete FIFA. <laughs> ever. That is it. That, that's, that's what they get you with. Yeah. yeah. Um, I th people, people watching will... Um, I'm kind of thinking of your you know, members and staff right now. Yep. Um, you know, what, what's... It, when did we do that podcast? Because it was building up to this, wasn't it? I think it must have been about seven weeks ago, maybe yeah. seven or eight weeks ago. It was building up, and you were starting to put into place strategies then. You know, I'm not talking about, yes, you were doing these, the cleaning of the gym and the social distancing, etc. cetera, which um, it's great because you kept the place open. There's my phone falling as long as possible. You've created the whole online kind of community you know, even more so than what you had, you know, how are things going there and how are, you know, this, this stat and you were, you did this brilliant post about how the staff had been helping you out and putting all these workouts together, etc. Yeah. So we, I'll, t I'll tell you the, the, uh, the truth of what we're doing. Mm -hmm. When it all started to, to come to light that there was a bit of a problem, and that we probably would. And everyone, by the way, back then was like, oh my God, can you imagine what would happen if we have to close? And every, like, no, now we're just like, oh yes, like, we understand it because we're five weeks deep. But before that, you got to remember what it felt like. Everyone was like freaking the heck out, right? Yeah. So I saw what might happen. Obviously, I thought we could close. And if we do, or we have restrictions, we have to be able to survive. First mm -hmm. and foremost, this is before any government announcements of the furlough scheme grants support loans all of that came out the first thing was like how how can we protect ourselves here so that drove the innovation to go and create an online forum for people who were members of ours to basically stay as members so that they could do something we filmed like 50 mini workouts and helpful videos we did that two weeks before the closure 
mm-hmm. and we put it all in the hub and we basically added to it every day like the guys were working super hard adding videos in all the time then when we eventually did close we well i had this idea that we could take this further afield which makes sense however i haven't done that and that's the truth of the answer and the reason is because a it's a special area for our members to just stay connected and to just enjoy the work the workouts that are already in there uh, and to catch up with them on a frequent basis b because my staff are furloughed so either i've got to make sure that this online thing earns more yeah to pay for them or i've got to not do it yeah and so we didn't do it as in we didn't go further afield i i, built, I started launching i started the launch process mm-hmm. um but just didn't launch it yeah um so that's where we're at we've got this safe place for our members who can connect and do all these workouts that we've already filmed um and not all of them have done it and we understand of course we understand but the the decisions to start this thing were way before any of announcements were made of what we could have to help us and we're super grateful i'm very grateful that we've we've got this support um i honestly think it's a godsend um as a small business owner to have that taken care of you know it's it's such a a weight off your shoulders because otherwise you are slowly crashing every single month yeah you're gonna you're gonna crash isn't unless you can earn you're gonna completely crash so it is an actual life raft for for businesses and um, a lot, I know a lot of people giving it stick and stuff and everyone's circumstances are different. Yeah. I'm, I'm very grateful. People have this idea in their head that gyms, doesn't matter whether it's a, you know, a, a small gym with 100, 200 members or it's a big chain with the guts of 100,000 members that gyms are these multi-million pound operations. And they have like, when I say operations, liquid multi-million in the bank ready to go and i think in the first you know the the whole dab the response you know the the stress response rather is at the start people were just angry at the gyms all closing and i think this has been really really good for not just from fitness professionals by the way from members to really really appreciate what gyms offer for what is a stupidly ridiculously low price I mean, you, you think what a 40 pound gym membership gets you like it's ridiculous but six months ago 40 pound gym membership was quite a lot of money yeah yeah i think people are still going to be polarized on their opinion of what mm. is good value for money and that's the beauty of it i suppose of a, of a market that's so open but i guess one thing from what you said there that i can add to is that the the majority of gyms are one of two business plays right they're either passionately owned small businesses and i'd include maybe up to two or three chains or two or three sites within that so somebody like myself who has a gym here and might have a couple of others um and it's just because we love it and it's like passion fueled and like we're doing a wicked thing and it's fun right or 
you've got a big corporate company whose motivation a lot of the time, and you can check this out historically, it, it happens all the time. They land grab. So they basically go and take over a load of sites or they go and establish themselves in lots of different towns and then they sell it. Now, what that means is they're not ever in a profitable position, probably because they're always spending out on this big idea of the sale or the stock. Right. So they're they're basically running in that direction of let's land grab let's land grab let's land grab and they sell it and they don't necessarily sell it to a fitness company they might sell it to an arm of a massive corporation that's just trying to push a little bit of tax money over there by buying this other business which is essentially 100 gyms but in the fitness industry we see the 100 gyms as like the big giants that have got all the money in the world in the in the economy they they aren't and they are an exciting proposition for bigger corporations to come and acquire so it's alarming. And there was a, there was a tweet you put out or, or you shared an article from the BBC the other day. And it, it, it kind of got me thinking because their margins, the bigger ones, their margins are, are, are more, they're in more danger right now, I believe, because they haven't got some of the support that we have. Mm-hmm. And they are running big operations that have probably got big investors as well. Mm-hmm. And those investors will be saying, look, mate, this doesn't look good for you. I want my money. Right now they're going, what are we going to do? And I can see a lot, you, you know, you heard it here first. I can see maybe one or two of the bigger chains selling over the next year because they basically just cut their losses. Yeah. I can see that happening. And when it does, it will be, I mean, it, mate, it could go both ways. You could have someone who comes in and just goes, let's just do this properly because they're passionate and they've, they've got the money and they're like, this is my chance. I'm taking it. Or you could get more of the same for just someone buying it and buying it cheap. A lot of businesses, not just gyms, will use this opportunity in general to opportunity. Wow. I can't believe I just got that off the ground. Use this situation to reevaluate everything, you know, in terms of, you know, how they run when they open, if they, open again a lot of them will kind of make those difficult decisions and you know bringing it back to the fitness industry i think a lot of the you know the pupils of the fitness industry you, you know the, the fitness instructors the pts um the, the coaches you know not the ceos is what i'm trying to say they've just realized how vulnerable the fitness industry is um, you know I, I said this in the early days of this COVID, how very, very few businesses will operate with three months liquid cash sitting in the bank, just in case. Mm-hmm. You know, that, that's that's why the furlough scheme come out. That's why all the government grants and loans come out because that's not how businesses operate. You know, cash flow is king. That's the, the age old saying in business land, isn't it? Yeah. Mm. yeah. Well, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to kind of finish this up so as you can start work. Must be about your lunchtime now. <laughs> yeah. I might need to get another coffee now. <laughs> um, people are curious. You know, you, you put out a lot of good content about mindset positivity. You, you've done that excellent TED talk, um, which we very, very carefully avoided when we did that podcast. By the way, I don't know how that happened. Okay. Um, <laughs> what are you doing now for your mental health and physical health? I'm training more than I was before. Mm. Yeah, 
So obviously one of the great perks of having a gym is you get to steal the best kit. Um, <laughs> so I, I have I have enough here. Um, Squat rack, a, assault bike, treadmill, <laughs> uh, cable machine in the garden. Um, no, I, I have. Um, you know, I've, I've, I love it. It's like Armageddon training, right? We've got um, wrong word to use because that was a chain of a franchise of classes. Wrong word to use. I don't do that at all. Um, a barbell with some bumper plates. Um, I've got like an eight kilo dumbbell set. A 16 kilo and a 25 kilos that's all i need for that a uh, bench although i haven't actually used the bench um and a spin bike so I, that's that's my that's my kit and it gives me the ability to do all the things i enjoy doing so i'm training more than i was so i did a little workout before this um mentally if you'd have asked me before all this and i'm i'm gonna hold my hands up and hold my hands up here and admit that I put out a post before we went in lockdown saying, hey, if we ever go in lockdown, learn a language or like do this or do that. I haven't done any of them things. <laughs> <laughs> and the reason is because it's fucking hard, right? Yeah. Um, so mentally, look, it's it's those moments, like for example, when the kids go to bed, Kelly and I usually just sit in uh, our room and just like, we just sit there and we're like, ah, well, okay, that was, you know, that was a good day. And uh, it's just those little moments um, that kind of top you up. And uh, and again, like just concentrating on their sparkly eyes because that that just brings everything home. Mm-hmm. It's going to get harder as well. Like I, I shared something today. I attended a funeral today and it was a video link. Yeah, so I saw you post that and I was like, yeah. I mean, that's all kinds of, like, uh, just a mind explosion of emotion obviously it's a funeral but the fact you're dialing into it yeah yeah oh like and it was and it was in between like lincoln asking me to play football um i can't daddy has to do some work and then he'll come and play right uh and kelly getting ready because she had to go in go and do a live stream um so i'm like look it's a funeral (sighs) what can i say you know um I sat, I sat here and I watched it here and, I, you know, I, I'm proud to say I, I wore a tie and I did it properly. It just didn't feel right to, to not. Mm-hmm. Um, but, mate, it was, the, it was the most, I don't know what to call it. It was, it was cold. Mm-hmm. Um, you're watching it. It looks like, you know, it looks like a CCTV camera because it's the, you know, it's a broad view of the room. Yeah, camera at the back of the room. Yeah, so it looks like you're sort of tuned into the CCTV camera. Mm-hmm. Um, and then your mind plays tricks on you because you've seen this kind of thing on telly, you know, where there's been a character that's had a few, no one's showed up. Um, so your mind's playing tricks. Like, you know what I mean? Like that's been in a few programmes before and stuff where they, they, people have attended funerals and there's no one there. And, um, you know, there, there was no one there. Um but the comfort I think that I've found in it is it did happen. The event did happen because there's that, you get that feeling of like, oh, how sad is that? that? That that human being has been denied of that, mm-hmm. right? But that was not the case. And that's what we have to, because it's, it's going to be more of them. Yeah. That's what we have to think is that that moment still existed. 
it was just different. Mm-hmm. I was still sat here. I know that my mum was sat in her house with my dad and, and they had their, you know, WhatsApp open and I knew that I knew they were there. I knew that there were other people that I am aware of personally that were doing the same thing. That moment still existed. We all shared it. And the 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 person who I've forgotten what they're technically called, but the person who did the service said some beautiful words. Um, those that love with their eyes are the only ones that will see this as the as a, a loss. You know, and, and it was because the the person's still there. You know, the the, the energy, the soul is still. You know, the memories are still there. And um, yeah, it's just it was peculiar, mate. It was, but um, you talked about the mental. So you asked me a question. That's where this came from. I walked out of here, and my son was in the front room making a den. You know, he had the pillows up, like he had all the cushions off the chairs, and he put like a blanket over the top. And he was like, "Look at my den! I've got a garage. I've got." You had a garage because of this room, and that's what I mean about he's seeing it all. Yeah, I was going to say it's because he's seen your bunker and he thought, "Yeah, I need one of those." Exactly. So he made a little one, little garage out of pillows, and he put another blanket on top of that. <laughs> so we had like this house and then a little garage. It was hilarious. But then but that's it. That's exactly what I'm talking about, which is why I brought this up. Is it's those simple moments where it matters the most mm-hmm. that we have to tune into and allow that to go right inside our head and flush out all the all the negative thoughts. Because we're we, we're in a situation where we simply cannot control so many things that are getting to us, and if we try and control them we're always going to come up to a dead end yeah so we have to just focus on what's in front of us and what we can do what we can control i want to i'm going to put you on the spot with your reply to me via whatsapp uh, over the weekend go on when we were arranging this meeting and yeah. uh, i said we uh, what was i said Ta- time is meaningless right now and what yes <laughs> yeah yeah i uh, i said um Time, what did I say? Time means more than. Say so the time is meaningless. The time I, is meaningless. Yeah. Yes, because it was about eight o'clock in the evening, being the yeah. morning. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the time is meaningless, mm-hmm. but time is more meaningful than ever. Yeah, I love yeah. that. I love that. I think that you know, you better make that an Instagram tag. Um, yeah, that probably be my next post. Yeah, I might have that. <laughs> I just put I'll put I'll put Ricky Long like in the same color as the background. So <laughs> <laughs> um, I wanted to uh, share this with you today. Um, I discovered I don't know how long it's been going, but I discovered the Man United podcast. Yes, mate, unbelievable. Eric Cantona, Peter Schmeichel, Gary Pallister, all doing interviews. David Mays, one of the hosts. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So have, you, have you been listening to it or? Yeah, I found it the other night because there was this whole uh, Pogba thing, wasn't there? Mm-hmm. Yeah, with the with the Graham Souness and um, yeah. So I watched uh, a YouTuber, Stephen Housen. He's great. You check him if you haven't already yeah. checked him. Um, and yeah, I thought this is wicked. I, you know, I'm loving. I don't know if you saw my tweet, but I'm loving the reruns. Yes, on yeah. YouTube and stuff. I watched the Champions League final, the 2008 one. Okay, which one was that? Was that where, where we beat Chelsea? Of, of course, sorry, I'm, I'm on a completely different channel there. Sorry, go ahead. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. that one, um, I remember watching that in New Zealand through my laptop. Bear in mind, 2008, 
there wasn't Sky Sports Online or anything like that. I was watching it through like one of them weird, like I was a proper geek with all the internet stuff, early doors. So I had a streaming thing and I was watching it through this sort of like Turkish website. And I remember watching it, but I couldn't, I couldn't, it was all like, <laughs> of course it went to penalties and we won, but I've never actually seen the game. So like watching it the other day and I was like, this is, this was epic. Yeah. Yeah, I, I've enjoyed that as well. And even just, like, I'm so addicted to Twitter right now. I'm not in a good way. I'm like a thumb roller on Twitter. <laughs> and I think the algorithm for Twitter is really, really good for giving you what you engage with. Yeah. So I am just getting footballer, ex-professional footballer, pundit, like, sharing their all-time World Eleven. Yeah. And I'm reading them all, and I'm, I'm starting to jot these ideas down to myself. I'm like, I'm thinking I'm loving all the nostalgia stuff. Yeah. I, I nearly bought the Man United 1990, you know, the blue Cup Winners Cup top? Yeah. yeah. I nearly bought that because I watched some of that match when Bram McClurk scored. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, good times. Yeah, that's one good thing about it. Well, listen, we've got to round this off. Um, so where can people follow you on social media if they're not already involved? Yeah, just at Tommy Gentleman on Instagram or Twitter. It's the easiest way. Perfect, mate. Loved having you on. Mate, thank you. It's been good fun. Enjoy. Be sure to leave a review on iTunes. Welcome to Coffee with Rachel Anderson. Hello. What is your coffee? What's your coffee strategy? It is an oat milk latte. Very fancy. Mm-hmm. Like a homemade oat yeah. latte. So I have a barista machine at home because I'm that obsessed with coffee. <laughs> uh, you can make a fortune right now because I know. Do you know what? I did say that if I could set up a little drive through just at my front garden. I mean, like, oh. you probably make more money doing that than um, you would make the rest of the year. <laughs> yeah. Yep. What's your cup? It looks quite. Uh, it's there's a Disney. So it's the whole way round. Excellent. Excellent. Love. I so, like a mug. I like a good mug. Stupid question. Disney Plus, have you completed it yet? Mm, no, I haven't downloaded it. I know. I just haven't. I've not done it. That seems odd because you, you're no. there. You... I think I'll get sucked into the vortex and I don't <laughs> think I want to do that. <laughs> you're one of these people in my mind when Disney like marketing team are sitting down to design their perfect customer. Mm-hmm. Somebody like you. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like their ideal subject. I don't know why I haven't. I should. <laughs> I don't know. I think I'm trying to put it off because I think the minute I download it, it's just going to take over. I have watched what? Um, what's that? What's that one with the rock? Moana. Mo- oh, Moana, Moana. I love uh, I've watched that. I've watched the new Lion King. I've watched the new Beauty and the Beast. I've watched three of the Avengers. All three of the Avengers. No three. I think I'm going to need to do it. It's meant like this lockdown won't last for much longer. You won't have this opportunity. <laughs> I know, I know, I know. When the minute I go back to work and uni and things like that, I'll be like, well, I'm going to download Disney Plus and then not do the things I actually need to be doing because I'm doing that instead. Uh, here, when, when you're thinking about like designing your... Let me start this again. 
Mm-hmm. Let me start from the start where I want to start. Tell people a bit about yourself. Oh, so I was going to jump ahead. How do you design your work week around your study life? And I thought yeah. that won't make sense to people who go have a problem. Introduce yourself, mate. <laughs> so right now, so I'm sort of currently I am at uni. I'm in first year as a physio student. Mm-hmm. So I'm at uni every day and I'm on placement as well. And on the side of that, I run my own business, which is personal training and yoga. And then I still teach a little bit of group fitness and I still train. So things mm-hmm. are busy, but it's good. It's good. And like if you're running your own business, because everybody knows this, like being a, being a PT, yep. classes, it takes up shit loads of time. Yep. You're also studying full time in your first year, which... Pardon me for being a bit ignorant to anyone who's done university and all that. Like the first year must be the most mentalist year because it's yes. where there's the most change in your life. So like, how do you balance that? I think it's just being smart with your time. So like my commute in the morning is half an hour up and down. So that's an hour of my day. So I just, I make sure I use that. So in the morning up, I do my emails and on the way back down, sort of admin work. Um, and although I'm staying in uni full time, sometimes you're in in the morning from nine till eleven, but then you've got three, four hours off for your afternoon classes. So I think just being smart about using that time and not being tempted just to chill out and do things like that. I was going to say, what do you do with that time? Well, <laughs> combination. Week one, I'm like, yeah, I'm going to study. I'm going to do all my work. I'm going to do everything. And then by week 12, I don't know if you saw the picture I posted on Instagram the other day of me and one of my friends fully asleep in the canteen. And that <laughs> week 12 was last term. <laughs> so it starts out really well and then it just... <laughs> but no, I do use it well. Like Ross, who works up in Glasgow in a gym, I can use his gym on my breaks. So mm-hmm. I think it's just about planning my week properly. So I sit at the start of the week and put the essentials in. So I have to be in uni. Um, or I have to be at the hospital on placement and then it's about looking at the other time of you know I've got my evenings where I can do one-to-one PT I've got my early mornings I can train and just fitting things in people watching us or stroke listeners in the podcast you know you're quite young you're early 20s 20, 20 itself 23 no 23 oh, <laughs> I'm only a year older than I am 24 and yeah. <laughs> um, you know you, you, you've taken a lot on but as a particular because you you had you were working yeah and had your own business as you know fitness professional PT and then you decided to go back to university and yeah. at the same time so like that's quite a mature decision that's quite yeah. a big decision what, what what was the reasons behind that so I worked in the I left school straight away um at 17 I was a young sort of birthday I'm born in January Mm-hmm. And I went to do fashion marketing, if you can believe that or not, at first at uni. <laughs> um, and I, I just, I hated it. So I left uni then and I went That's straight. That's a thing to say to someone. Sorry, I'm going to interrupt. Is that I did yeah. fashion marketing, if you can believe that. Because I'm kind of thinking, am I meant to make a comment about your dress sense now? Well, my really dress sense is generally <laughs> leggings and a hoodie. And That's I don't all quite cut it. <laughs> um, so I went into fitness pretty much the after that. Um, I did group fitness first and then I did the gym and then PT and then I worked up to like sort of mid-management level um, and then I thought was I've been I'd have been about 21 by that point so I was even really quite young to be doing that yeah and I think I just realized that at that point that I wasn't I wasn't really built to be behind a desk okay um, I just I didn't enjoy it 
as much as I thought that that was what I really wanted to do, just didn't love it. So that was when I went back out to just being a PT. So I started my own business at that point. And at that point, I had already decided that I wanted to do physio. So I gave myself sort of nine months to have my business up and running properly so that when I went back to uni, that I had something that I could do alongside it. Love that. Love that. Because it, it is, it's quite, it would have been quite easy for you as a 21, 22 year old to do the management job and, you know, yeah. be comfortable there or, you know, earn your cash, do something you kind of enjoy for a living, yeah. but kind of don't enjoy and just work up. But you kind of decided, this this shit's not for me. I want to do something else right now. It doesn't mean you'll never go back to that. Yeah, so, absolutely. Or explore something different. What is it about physiotherapy? Because that's it's it's quite easy and it's quite ignorant for like personal trainers, mm-hmm. professionals to think I can slot straight into physiotherapy because I know yeah. about the human body. Yeah. Um, it is quite a drastic change. Exactly. Yeah, it's a lot more in depth. So what is it about physiotherapy that you know? float your boat I think just the practical side of it so I enjoy working with people and I enjoy working one-to-one so physio for me is just a way to take that and make it a little bit bigger um, and work a little bit further um, uh, there's there's lots of different types of physiotherapy so there's sort of your musculoskeletal which is you know the body which is probably the side I enjoy most but there's also you know cardiac physiotherapy you know neurological there's so much to it um, and I like that variety. I like the fact that I could do one side of it for five years and then, you know, move to another side of it for five years. Or you could set up your own business doing it. And yeah, there's lots of options, which I love. But yeah, it's a big change from PT. Yeah, and it's one of those ones people will have this sexy idea that, you know, yeah. you'll, you'll be a physiotherapy for like Celtic or Rangers. Yeah, you're running on the pitch. And, yeah. yeah. No. <laughs> on your own practice in Glasgow and you'll have all these elite athletes coming yeah. to you. And then there's the really, really, really realistic, can nearly say that, the really, really realistic, (laughs) the other 9% of physios live, and you're dealing with, you know, normal people with very serious problems, like Very, very sick people, yeah. My first placement was in intensive care, so that's a big eye-opener, yeah. Yeah, what what, what sort of things, you know, obviously client confidentiality and all, so just being careful of this one, what sort of things have you maybe seen which made you think oh shit I wasn't expecting yeah I think I mean you know COVID-19 is about a lot just now so people have been talking about ventilators but for the first time to actually see someone on a ventilator is it's quite a big deal um I've never been in that circumstance before you know if you go and visit someone in hospital it's generally not that kind of visiting you're doing um so I think yeah seeing that physio you know like you said I think a lot of people think oh that's great you'll be working for Celtic in five years and you're like no you're probably more likely to be going in and helping people who are really really not well yeah so yeah do do you have an idea of where you want to go with physiotherapy yes and no I think the initial reason why I would say I probably wanted to get into it is I'd probably see a bit of a gap in the market for kind of you know people who like us who do sort of gym and strength training who when you go to some physiotherapy it's almost well just don't do that if it hurts you yeah yeah. that makes sense rest rest or you know I had a problem with sort of my squat and it was well just don't squat and I was kind of like um so I think that's probably what initially drew me into looking into physio but no I don't really know what I want to do from it 
I would say I change my mind every six weeks when I do a new placement but I think that's good I think you need to see everything that's out there so if you go in thinking I just want to do that you'll not you'll not get the most out of it because if you then go to a placement that you think oh I'm not going to enjoy that you'll not try to enjoy it whereas I think anything that I go and do I'm very very open to thinking well I might not think I like it but I might end up loving it. What placements have you done? So far we've only been on one placement because our second one got cancelled so I was in a medical placement so it was intensive care, high dependency and then just sort of general medical issues. It's all work-based. I'm, I'm asking this because a friend of mine, she, she's a doctor and nothing, she, she does a paediatrician. Um, she's obviously f- fully qualified and all that. And she was telling me how like medical students and you know even herself will have to kind of be moved up right now and lend a hand somewhere else. Have, yeah. is, that, is that on your radar at all? Have those conversations been had? Or? No, I think because I think anyone above third year I'm thinking is maybe going to be drafted in like one of my friends is a final year nurse and she's now fully qualified and is working in the NHS but mm-hmm. she shouldn't really have been doing that till maybe sort of August time if we'd properly followed the structure but no we're I think we're just too inexperienced and to be honest we would probably get in the way more than would be actually <laughs> helpful um I think when this all kicked off at first I think because I'd been in that situation, even just for a week or, you know, a few weeks, you kind of think, oh, I wish you could go in and help. But the reality is you're not going to be much use. Ah, you do more harm than good. Yeah, you'll just be in the way. But yeah, if it was a few years down the line, probably. What uh, What is your lockdown situation at the moment with, well, let's start with your studying. What, what's yeah. happening? so it all went online um we have 12 week terms and I think did we make it to the end of week eight we either made it to the end of week seven or the end of week eight of 12 and then everything went online so Hmm. it was it was interesting (laughs) um it was just trial and error I think the initial plan was that we would do our exams via video link so Mm -hmm. put our scrubs on and pretend one of our family was our patients and I think they realised quite quickly that that maybe wasn't going to work for everyone because not everyone lives with someone so it's all been changed to hand-ins a lot of our course as practical but it's now becoming very written. And and how are you finding studying at home? Hard yeah it's it's probably the one thing of everything like I mean I've been able to keep up with like my fitness and my business but I think studying at home's a whole other ballgame. Yeah. especially when a lot of it's practical I'm such a visual learner that when you're not really seeing things happen I find that quite hard to take in but we'll get there, we'll get there. I'm going to be careful with how I word this but is there some kind of like um mannequin type thing you could buy to practice on no not even like <laughs> you could get a skeleton I suppose and yeah. practice moving its bones around but you're not really going to get that same feel. Yeah, I'm th- I'm thinking in my head I'm thinking of something like a crash dummy. Yeah, and just start moving it around. No. I think the hard thing is as well, a lot of what we covered this year is really intricate. So like if you look at my pinky, we're looking at moving that part away from that part. So yeah. Unless you've got an actual person. Sort of magic trick. Uh, yeah, yeah, basically. Yeah. Um no. I'll just have to find a willing family member to borrow a hand from. Literally. What I'm going to do is I'm going to move this bone away from here. <laughs> <laughs> so, 
don't expect to be having loads of volunteers for that. No, I don't think so. <laughs> no. Uh, and yeah, what what about your business? Because obviously you would have been teaching classes, you would have been doing live PT uh, in the gym and you know all around the place actually. So what's what's happening there? Well, that's all you know, pretty much came to a bit of a halt, unfortunately. Um, you can't do one-to-one, you just can't just now. But keeping in touch with people online and I've brought out the ebooks, so I'm keeping it going in that way. Mm-hmm. A lot of my sort of plan for this year was to move part of my business online. So in some ways, I think it will mean that at the other side of lockdown, I'll be in a slightly better position that way. Um, but yeah, it's hard. Tell us about the ebook because this this has got some good traction and um, I, I saw it in the paper, the the green yeah. yeah. So tell us a bit about that. So when it when we first locked down, I think I don't know. I think we all kind of thought it would maybe only be a month. <laughs> so I brought out the first ebook, which was just um, like thirty minute home workouts that you could do either with minimal equipment, so like, you know a dumbbell or a kettlebell, or there was a side that mirrored it that was just fully body weight. Mm-hmm. So it was like five workouts a week, so 20 workouts all together. Um, and I put it up on the website. Um, I put it on for free initially, and it just blew up completely. And yeah. was, um, the Green at Telegraph, like you said, they covered it. And after that, it got a lot of sort of business coming towards it. So it was good. It crashed my website. <laughs> do, do you know how many total downloads it got? I think it had about eight, 1,800 wow. at last which was you know pretty cool obviously you know with putting things up for free I'm not naive to think that people aren't just like oh yeah I'll just really look at that um but yeah it was great excellent excellent and how what feedback have you had from people who have and you know actioned it yeah good feedback a lot of people are saying that I think having something written down for you makes it easier to get up and go and do it whereas Mm -hmm. if you're in your house thinking oh I'm going to get up and do a workout you get up and you can think, well, what are we going to do? And mm-hmm. I think just having that little bit of structure has helped a lot of people, um, which is great. So. Yeah. So, so just to be really, really clear for people listening, you know, who, who the ebook for? What type of person? I would say it's, it's probably not launched at absolute beginners, but it could be scaled back, if that makes sense. So it's probably launched for people who have been going to the gym and doing you know a good wee workout so it will challenge people you know it's not it's not easy by any chance but there's lots and lots of scaling options in it so I've had people who have messaged me to say that they didn't go to the gym before but they've now got all this spare time and they thought I'll give it a go and they've said you know I just scaled movements back scaled reps back and they've managed to do it so I think it's probably for you know 99% of people could give it a good go excellent love it love it and because i saw that what, what i said in the telegraph was um l- local pt goes global yeah do you, do you know amazing. this has been downloaded yeah so when i when the orders come through on my website i can see if people put in their mailing address which not everyone does um but yeah it was really cool there was um like uruguay the maldives dubai and you just think how cool is that that i'm sitting in my living room and someone halfway around the world is doing workouts that I've created so yeah that was really fun but you don't get that when you're in the gym no you don't (laughs) people who come to the gym who all know your name like they're within a 30 minute drive yeah they know like your car and they say oh I saw you in Tesco the other day and I'm like oh okay (laughs) and sweets (laughs) (laughs) every time every time I go anywhere to buy something someone's like oh 
concubine donuts. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Can't go in there. We were we were chatting about this just before um, we we went live um, about you and Ross. Yeah. So you're you're separated by isolation right now. We are. So we we both live at home with our families. Uh-huh. Um, and Ross has a little sister, Kyla, who's nine, who's the best little person in the world. Um, so Ross's mum's still working. She's a key worker. So Ross has stayed up in his house basically to sort of look after Kyla so he's been homeschooling her and getting her to do workouts and they've been baking and arts and crafts so he's done a fab job and I'm down here. <laughs> the more um what's the word I'm looking for the more switched on listeners and viewers right now who maybe might not know you might yeah. not might know me and say so so her name her name's Rachel yeah his name's Ross <laughs> did I just hear that right are they are they Ross and Rachel? How often do you get hit with that reference and that joke? So some people switch it straight away. So some people, the minute they know my name and the minute I mention a Ross, they're like, oh, Ross and Rachel. Um, and then some people, it'll be like maybe a month of knowing us and they'll just suddenly be like, oh, no way. And yeah, so people either click straight away or like a month later. There's no in between. Do you feel under pressure? Like maybe, you know, in 10 years time, if you ever have <laughs> Oh, mm. first baby Emma? No, not at all. I feel like that's just taking it too far. I can't do that to myself. No. <laughs> you guys have been together for ever? Yeah, pretty much. Um, like sort of six and a half years. So is this period spent apart? Um, good or bad? It's not great. No. <laughs> it's not great. Um, I think the longest we've been sort of apart in that whole time, I went to do my yoga teacher training a few years ago when I was away for three weeks. So I think after the three week mark, I was like, oh, well, this is, this, this is okay. <laughs> um, but it's okay. Um, it's fine. What can you say? What's he doing with himself? Because obviously he's, uh, he's, he's employed by the yeah. company that he works for. So um, what's his story? If, if you can talk about it, I don't want to. He's think. been furloughed. Yeah. yeah. So he works in a similar line of work, as you know, he works in gym management and their gyms have, you know, like everyone else had to close. So his company have followed him. So he's okay. I mean, he still has his job to go back to. They have said that. So I guess it's just a case of waiting it out really for him. There's nothing he can do from home. Um, so yeah. he, He'll be love of life. He's just playing with his sister. Oh, he is the most chilled back person <laughs> that you'll ever meet. So I think he's just kind of like, with Kyla that's his sister he really is um so that takes up a lot of his time do they have Disney plus yeah they do yeah I know you guys went to Disney last year wasn't like a surprise yeah we took Kyla to Disneyland Paris that must be a year and a half ago now just before Christmas so yeah yeah so I bet he's completed Disney plus well I know he's definitely completed all of the Marvel he watched that from (laughs) finish there's like 24 films. Lockdown goes. I love that. When you're locked down, you want to learn a new language. You want to yeah. get a new qualification. Meanwhile, I just want to complete Marvel. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> pretty much. Uh, right, listen, I, I wanted to bring up that post. Mm-hmm. I sent you through that post. So for anyone watching, 
Um, I've done a really, really bad job of having this ready. So I'm going to bring this up for people watching. When was it you posted it? That's a great question. <laughs> I only asked that so as I was padding for time because I've got a different screen up right now. I can find it. Okay. Um, so because you've posted, so I've got it on the screen right March. That's not that long ago. That feels like a lifetime ago. So you, yeah, you posted this yeah seven weeks ago, um, oh. and obviously you know the, I've I've seen you post stuff like this before, Rachel. Mm -hmm. um, obviously the the picture gets attention for you know obvious reasons, but it's the caption, which is is so valuable. So um, I'll read it out you know for the podcast listeners. Um, so we've got a picture. How would you describe the two pictures rather than me describing it and getting myself in? It's like a sort of before and after, but almost the reverse of what you would normally see. So like a really lean picture and then one that's, you know, I'm still lean, I'm naturally probably quite lean, but more healthy. Yeah, and the, the caption reads, your friendly reminder that lean doesn't equal health and health doesn't equal lean. In the first picture in prep going on holiday, I fell way down the rabbit hole of trying to get lean, steady cardio in the morning, weights in the afternoon and after tracking a calorie number that was far from maintainable it was far from an enjoyable experience the second picture was taken during a shoot for my website I changed absolutely nothing to lead up to it I had created a healthy relationship with exercise nutrition and very much shifted my focus from lean to strong fit and healthy anything else comes as a byproduct and let's not forget genetics uh, being super lean and being healthy and happy don't always go hand in hand balance and maintainable choices will always win long-term in my book. So the reason why I brought this up is because you, you've put posts like this on before and anyone on the podcast, I'm going to put a link to this in the show notes. Um, you can go and have a look. And it's not about how much engagement or how many likes, like it did perform quite well if you want to look at those stats, but it's more so the message. Mm -hmm. You know, what, you know what, what's your, what was your objective at that point? What's your message of that point? So I think that, a lot of people, especially when they first go into fitness, and myself included, assume that everyone's there to get leaner and that being leaner or smaller or thinner is better. Mm -hmm. um, but I think that from personal experience, that's just not the case. Like the picture we were talking about when I was on holiday, by the time I had got to that stage, I was not, really not well, pretty much. You know, you could see it in my face how gaunt I was and my body was sort of cramping up every time I would try and pretty much do anything. I can remember teaching a body pump class the week before and it was possibly the worst experience of my life. I thought I was going to collapse the entire time. Mm -hmm. um, and it's just, it's, it's not healthy to live that way, that extreme, you know, thinking that when you're leaner, you'll be happier and everything will be better. And it's, it's just not. For me, swapping to a sort of feeling of, exercising and training for like strength and for fitness and for non-aesthetic reasons has just been the best thing um, I'm always careful with this question so I'll always lead with for you know anyone listening um everyone's case is is different and always yeah. use a proper professional um and do not take what the answer may be right now as something that you should do in yeah. any form but could you estimate perhaps what your, you know, diet looked like in the first picture and, you know, maybe how many calories you might have been on? 
I reckon I was probably down close to 1,100, 1,200 and probably about 5% of that coming from like carbs and um, the rest coming from like protein and yeah, more protein and a little bit of fat and bearing in mind at that point I was working in the gym full time, I was training twice a day um, and I was teaching group fitness on top of that and you know, do any calculation that you want, that's not healthy, it's just not. Yeah. 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 And then if I can comment on this, is if you look at your, your smile in both pictures, because yeah. the first one, you obviously knew the first picture was being taken because you're taking the picture. Yeah. People think to say, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. in the second one, that's like in between exercises when yeah. you're getting ready from pose to pose, obviously from your website and your photographer's just taking that picture. Mm-hmm. And see the genuine... I know it's just a snapshot of any moment, but you can see the genuine, your face, there's genuine happiness. Yeah. <laughs> and on the left, I mean, you know. Yeah, there's not. <laughs> there's <laughs> not. And it, it just, it, it can really, anything like that, I think can really screw up the way you look at everything for, I don't just mean a week after, but a long time after. Like, there's pictures on that holiday where I, I, at the time, felt as if, oh, I'm so heavy. And you think, like, that's, that's in your that's in your mind that you feel that way um and then to go from that back to anything that you would see as sort of maintainable you just you think everything's going to be too much again so to actually come off of that type of thing is really really hard as well um it's taken I'd say it's taken a long time to shift from just wanting to be smaller leaner things like that to being like do you know what that's probably not the best thing in the world for me that's interesting because you know a lot of people you know i'm thinking you know of guys and girls coming off show prep could really relate to that um whereas in the case we're talking about here you're just kind of going from you're like you're in show prep condition for a holiday (laughs) and then when you're saying coming back to normal that can be a hard process was there and what what did you find hard about it and how did you overcome it and Kind of third question, is it still something that you think about? Yeah, so I think when I went on holiday, I kind of went from zero to 100 of, you know, really, really carefully watching what I was eating to then just being on holiday and eating what you want. You know, being in Disney, you should. <laughs> um, so I think that probably isn't the healthiest approach. And I guess that anyone who is properly like prepping for a competition and who has a coach to guide them back from that, I guess maybe is going to do that a little bit better than I did. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess the way that I kind of got over it was by sort of finding my strength back again. So if you were to look at like what I was able to lift before I did that sort of cut, if you want to call it to after, I had lost a lot of strength. So I think that the benefit of seeing your strength going back up gives you something else to focus on of okay my body's changing but I'm getting stronger as a result um I probably wouldn't say that I really think about that too much more anymore um as you probably will know I do crossfit now <laughs> let's just get that in there <laughs> um so that that definitely changed mm-hmm. the way I looked at things because crossfit is very much about how much fitter can you be how much faster can you be how much stronger can you be and no one's really looking at do you have a six pack if you do then that's great but if you can run a mile quicker then that's pretty cool so, yeah. so what do you said about getting stronger you know what, what what sort of lifts are you 
I'm trying to think of the best way to answer this question. What sort of strength moves gives you the most satisfaction? You you don't need to talk about numbers here because you know that's yeah, yeah. Oh, so, left. That's your left, yeah. Yeah. It's just picking something up from the floor. <laughs> <laughs> and it's what I'm good at, so yeah. I'm always gonna go with that. But yeah, I think the thing the thing I liked about CrossFit was learning things that I couldn't do. Um mm -hmm. so like all the kind of Olympic lifting, I'd never done anything like that before. And it's very humbling, I think, as a fitness professional to suddenly realise that there's this whole other side of fitness that you don't know how to do. So yeah. And that's why CrossFit gets um, a bad reputation because you get fitness professionals like you and me who are experts at group exercise and being in the commercial gym. And then we step foot into CrossFit and they give you uh, like a broomstick, PVC. Yeah, a PVC pipe. And they fucking break you with it. And I think it would then be very easy for you to go back to your sort of, I don't want to call it a normal gym, but you know what? Yeah, yeah, you're right. Be yeah. like, it was awful. I'm never doing it. <laughs> It was horrific. You should never go do it. Whereas I think if you take yourself back a little bit and think, okay, I'm rubbish at it now, but let's try and get good at it, then it's good. That's good. That's good. Um, are you doing a lot of CrossFit gyms? I've noticed through this time they're just prescribing, and I think it's brilliant, like loads of gymnastic based moves for all their members to do at home. Yeah. Um, have you been practicing that? Have you been learning anything new? Have you got really good at anything? You might not be able to see it, but I've actually cracked my ceiling doing handstand push-ups. So I've been banned. No, you won't be able to see it. It's just it's, it's small, but apparently my feet hitting the wall has cracked the top of the wall. <laughs> Brilliant. So, short answer, I was practising. Oh, you're banned. <laughs> um, no, banned now. But it's quite good. My brother and I jointly bought a sort of rig in a gym out the back so I've managed to get a couple of gymnastics rings that I can put on that and practice some other things so that's good. Are you going to now cancel your CrossFit membership because you can just train from home? No I don't think so. <laughs> you can't really drop a bar from above your head onto your decking. Mm, you'll be banned from that as well. But yeah, I'm close to not being able to go anywhere in my house. Um, no I think I don't I don't see me doing that um I think especially in the winter, I train at the back garden at home in the summer. I don't think I could pull myself out at six in the morning in January to no. do that. No. Plus, I, quite, I like being around other people. Yeah, I, do, I do miss that, for sure. Yeah, because that's what CrossFit, again, you know, do really, really well. And you yeah. know, a lot of people hear about CrossFit from the outside until you're in it. That, you know, that community. And it's what... Yeah. It's, it's what will make... CrossFit gyms survive yeah. this time yeah. when compared to maybe a small independent normal gym if we're going to use that term because what CrossFit do so so well is build that community so I imagine the CrossFit gym you're in I imagine that Facebook group right now is probably more populated than ever before and there's more conversations and WhatsApp groups etc. I think you'll definitely see the first week that things open well I'm saying that if you're allowed to open at capacity, I think you'll see more people than you've ever seen before just hanging about afterwards. What? Okay, so it's day one back in uh, CrossFit. It's green at CrossFit, I want to say. Yeah. yeah. So it's day one back in there. What is the workout that you want to see? What 100 rope climbs for time. What? 
100 rope climbs for time, just because it's something you can't do at home. <laughs> no, I'm kidding on. Um, <laughs> down the rope, yeah. Um, I think, I think it will be hard for finding a balance because if you've not trained at all at home, you, you're going to need to be really, really sensible when you come back. So if you try and do like a workout with loads of pull-ups, you're going to rip your hands straight away and then you're not going to be able to do anything for a week. So I think that's something that I think we'll all have things that we think, oh, I really want to go straight back in and do that. But I think we might need to take a bit more of a sensible approach. The amount of muscle pulls and muscle tears and injuries yeah. you're going to have in gyms from people coming back in. And yeah. in my world, in Les Mills land, they'll come back in and do three classes back to back. Yeah, in a row. And like they'll be crippled for days. <laughs> yeah, I think that's something I'll be very clear with my clients that the first week's not going to be anything magic. You know, mm -hmm. just get moving. You know, you're a beginner again, Jen. You just yeah. keep, here you go out, and that's just you're a beginner again. You know, if you're doing body pump, you're using the ones yeah, on each back. You're, you're just getting on with it. Yeah, I think that'll be key. Yeah. Um. So yeah, fi final question. Go for it. Um, this is like kind of me only stop question, which I ask everyone. Uh, what are you doing now during lockdown that serves your mental and physical health? Oh, I think sleeping would be the biggest thing for me. Um, I'm normally up at sort of five in the morning, having not maybe went to bed till 11. Mm -hmm. um, so I'm definitely, yeah, I'm definitely getting more sleep than ever before because the, there's not any really need for me to be getting up at five. I know some people are really sticking to their routines and, Mm -hmm. truthfully I'm not I'm making the most of being able to get up at eight um so yeah I think sleeping is the big one and I think not putting too much pressure on myself as well um I'm a bit of a perfectionist but I've kind of gave myself a little bit more lax than normal during this time yeah cool and then what training wise do you have a routine for training or are you just kind of doing what you feel like so I uh, we we got a rack and a barbell delivered yesterday so as of sort of the start of next week I'm definitely going to go back to being a bit more structured mm -hmm. but I think the fast the first few weeks I was just really doing what I kind of wanted to so some days that was going out a run going out on the bike some days that was like smashing out a hit workout at home I think I was just trying not to be too not not expecting too much of myself that first week and just going with what felt good. Have you done your 5k? Have yes, I have. Yeah. What was your time? What's your time? Oh, 26.16. So fast. To be fair, that was two full minutes faster than the week before. And I'm absolutely convinced it's just because I knew I had to put it on Instagram. I was like, get run. <laughs> <laughs> I looked at my watch when I finished and I was like, that's that's so bad. But the thought of having to put that online has made you run two minutes faster. Like, that says a lot about society, I think, as a whole. I've, I've said this before in the podcast, you know, we all we all demonise social media. But yeah. times it has a good effect like that, it actually yeah. made it harder. Yeah, uh -huh. maybe done faster. Yeah, so, say about the yeah. week or two weeks before the waterfront closed. Yeah. I, was, I was doing one of my two-hour sessions on the bikes, you know, up oh. the back. Yeah, horrendous. Um, and... I became aware of all this noise behind me and it was three or four kids, um, boys, you know, about 18, 19 years old. And they were, I soon realized what they were doing. You know, the skill mill I have up the, up the back? Yeah. They were basically trying to 
you know, they were having a competition between themselves who could run the fastest on it. Like, oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. And whilst one of them was running, the other one was putting it on. Like, I, I had that much time and I was that complimentous and I was, that, I was that worried one of them was going to hurt themselves. I was really watching. So the other one, he was live on his, um, on his Instagram at the time when they were filming it. And part of me was thinking, this is one of the most dangerous things I have ever seen. Please, I get- found out many an accident form for this exact situation. Yeah. And then the other part of me was thinking, well, you know what? See, when I was 18, 19, me and my three mates were not in the gym trying to outlift each other or outrun each other. We were, you know, we, we were in the park. We were in the pub. You know, they probably getting up to no good. And I'm thinking, in some ways, what they're doing is actually admirable. And some, in some ways... Yeah but in other ways it's actually really good so I think see this whole 5k and everyone's out running right now because you know gyms are shut my prediction is see the back end of this year there's going to be so much more participation in half marathons 10ks marathons they're just even your pack runs and things like that I think people will be like oh I can run 5k yeah yeah, and everyone will be again you know setting new PBs because you'll have that herd mentality everybody's there to race each other yeah, we'll be a nation of runners. <laughs> In Scotland, I imagine. <laughs> wow. Right, so where can people follow you on Instagram? What is your handle? I am at underscore Rachel Anderson. R-A-C-H-E-L. Justin. Excellent. Thank you so much for coming for coffee. I know. I've only half drank my coffee, but I'll drink the rest. <laughs> you put it in the microwave. Be sure to leave a review on iTunes. Coffee with Anthony, Tommy, Rachel, done. I've still got Lindsay with us. Hey, I'm still here. <laughs> uh, it was uh, Well, it was actually only like two minutes for us that you heard us do the intro, um, but it's two and a half hours since you last heard our voices. You know how we do that? During this lockdown, some people have done courses, some people have done podcasts, some people have created online businesses. We actually invented a time machine. That's how we managed to do that. So we're very, very proud of that. Um, if you want to know more about the time machine, please put it on your Instagram story and ask us about the time machine. Um, we can tell you exactly what's going to happen um, once coronavirus is over and lockdown is over. And it's it's really, really good. But what you will need to do is wear a poncho at all times when you leave the house. That, that's all we're allowed to say at this point because of what the uh, time lords have, uh, you know, our superiors who we answer to. Anything else you want to add? No, I think you got it at poncho. That's fine. Okay. If you had to wear a poncho, what colour would it be? Green. <laughs> Mine would be yellow. Oh, they're, they're, That's actually bad colours, isn't it? Yellow and green, like Bell Clash. Yeah, when you mix them together, it makes brown. Wow. That's just such great content. Um, we're going to say. brown? I don't know. Let us know what colour that makes. Um, body core, putting for sport, jump hub. And the Patreon, please check them all out in the show notes. Check out all the show guests and uh, leave a review on iTunes. And uh, uh, Les Mills' pop quiz of the year is coming out on Monday. Ooh, ee, ooh, ah, ah, ting, tang, walla, walla. Bing, bong. Ooh, ee, ooh, ah, ah, ting, tang, walla, walla. Bing, bong. Ooh, ee, ooh, ah, ah, ting, tang. Walla, walla. Bing, bang. Ooh, I called the witch doctor <laughs> and she's in love with me. Ba, 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 ba. You are listening to the Ricky Long Podcast, where international fitness entrepreneur Ricky Long answers your questions and interviews fitness leaders on training, nutrition, and mindset. Be sure to leave a review on iTunes.